Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Cadaver Lab podcast. I'm Mike. Today we've got a great show for you. We've got a lot of stuff to go over and it's uh, probably going to be a really long show uh, just like it was last time. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Full Moon Entertainment. Uh, now we're not going to be doing a an exhaustive uh, coverage. We're not going to do exhaustive coverage of all of the movies that uh, the Full Moon company has put out, uh, nor are we going to talk about uh, one specific set of movies. Uh, we all know some of the classics, uh, such as Puppet Master and Trancers and Subspecies and all sorts of awesome stuff that uh, Full Moon has to offer. What we did is, uh, in each of our segments, we kind of chose something that either is by uh, Full Moon, uh, had something to do with Charles Band, who we all know is the fearless leader of Full Moon, and uh, or has kind of the same themes as Full Moon, uh, as you will see in Cadaver Classics. Uh, today we actually have um, you know all the usual suspects. We're going to get it kicked off with Slasher Central. Uh, Gray is going to be talking about the Puppet Master, and I just want to real quick. I just want to uh, tell Gray what an awesome job I think he's doing. And uh, we really appreciate Slasher Central. He's taken his time and his, and, uh, his hard work and uh, giving it up for the Cadaver Lab. So I just want to tell him I really appreciate it. Uh, second, we're going to be having Cadaver Classics. Stephen and I uh, are going to be talking about Devil Doll from 1964, which isn't exactly related to Full Moon in any way. However, Stephen, through his um, clever mindset or some crap uh, it's either clever or it's psychotic but uh, he's been called both anyway uh, he relates that back to full moon pictures but uh, i'm gonna let you know how actually during the segment uh we have it came from the public domain uh aaron's gonna be talking about the daytime ended and i also want to uh, shoot a thanks to aaron because uh, again he's doing an awesome job and uh, I just really appreciate all the help that he's given us and the support that, uh, you know, he's helping us out with the show. Uh, the main part, Johnny and I are going to be talking about, well, among other things, we're going to be talking about Witch House, The Pit and the Pendulum, and The Dead Hate the Living. And I've got to give you a spoiler right now. Um, we talk about the fact that I saw New Moon, and uh, now I don't want it to be all shocking later on, when uh, we talk about it in the, in the uh, review portion of the show. However, I want to let everybody know that now. I, I kind of get it off my chest. It's, you know, I feel pretty guilty about the whole thing. And uh, I just think you ought to know now so it's not a shock you know, later on during the show. Uh, anyway, a couple of things that have been going on at the Cadaver Lab. Um, i got to get Johnny up on the site. Sam's uh, bio still up there and uh, all that other stuff. But uh, I will, in this coming up week, switch everything over to Johnny. And uh, But until I do, I, everybody make sure to hit him up on uh, Twitter. Go to twitter.com slash KrugerDude82. That is K-R-U-E-G-E-R-D-U-D-E-82. And uh, he doesn't have a Facebook yet, but it will be soon to come. For that, you can go to the site a little bit later. Anyhow, uh, as usual... <laughs> You know, I always talk about how I'm going to do these book reviews or a comic review or things like that, but uh, I think this show's going to be long enough without it, so I'll save it for another time. But uh, without further ado, let's get into the show. Welcome to a very special edition of Slasher Central, brought to you by the Cadaver Lab. Hey, you want a beer? Or do you want to smoke some pot? We love premarital sex. <laughs> 
That's right. If you couldn't tell by that mysterious, enchanting music, today we're talking about Puppet Master from 1989. Master puppeteer Andre Toulon harnesses the power of ancient Egyptian magic to breathe life into his crew of marionettes who morph into demonic killers. Many years later, Neil Gallagher discovers Toulon's secret and then mysteriously kills himself. Now a group of psychics looking for clues to Gallagher's death are trapped in a creepy hotel stalked by Toulon's miniature assassins. Can anybody get out alive? To some degree, we all have unusual psychic powers. Your husband brought us together several years ago to try to help in his research. He and Frank began studying the ancient Egyptian methods of the Oakland, and they found evidence that the Egyptians had developed the secret method of giving life to inanimate figurines. Then these secrets were passed on to select few who knew and practiced magic. In the world of independent cinema, a couple names should automatically spring to any film fan's mind. One should be Roger Corman, who was recently honored at the Oscars this year. Another should be Lloyd Kaufman of Toxic Avenger fame. But one of my personal favorites is Charles Band and his production company, Full Moon Pictures. Now, Full Moon Pictures actually started as Empire Pictures way back when. This was a company based out of Rome, Italy. It was Charles Band's first company, and it had a string of hits, a lot, more than I'll name here, but some of the major ones was Troll, Reanimator, Ghoulies, and my personal favorite, Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolarama. Well, in 1989, Empire Pictures began to fail financially, so they began to produce but did not release Puppet Master. This came later when Full Moon Pictures relocated to the United States. The goal was to make low-budget horror, sci-fi, and fantasy movies that had a big-budget sheen. Now, Full Moon Pictures and Richard Band teamed with Paramount Pictures for direct-to-video releasing. Puppet Master was originally going to be a theatrical release, but Band and Paramount thought it would be better as a direct-to-video release. And boy, were they right. Directed by David Schmoller, who is... Not really a name you should be familiar with, but he has made a couple good movies like Crawl Space starring Klaus Kinski and Tourist Trap, which I think was just recently reviewed over there at Drunken Zombie. Now the movie stars William Hickey as Andre Toulon in a just a great performance working with what little screen time he has. That name may not ring a bell, but William Hickey is most famous to us horror fans as the evil scientist, Dr. Finkelstein, in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Welcome to an extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder. Open your mind and let yourself go to a place where every day is Halloween. That's twice this month you've slipped deadly nightshade into my tea and run off. Three times. You're mine, you know. And then another notable name in the cast, or maybe just 
the best performance in the movie, in my opinion, is Irene Miracle as Dana Hadley, whose only other major credit was Midnight Express. But man, she has a great performance in this one. I'm not a cynic, Frank. I prefer to think of myself as a nasty bitch. And then another notable appearance in this movie is Barbara Crampton in a cameo role. Now, Barbara Crampton is most famous for her appearance in 1985's Reanimator by Stuart Gordon, where she gets a little head from a decapitated head. I'm very disappointed in you. You steal the secret of life and death, and here you are, trysting with the bubble-headed co-ed. You're not even a second-rate scientist. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. So, Puppet Master, wow. My goal with Slasher Central is to bring new movies that you guys may not have heard of, some lesser-known slashers out there, but this is a full moon episode of Cadaver Lab, so I just had to bring you the best. And first of all, when you're thinking about Puppet Master, the first thing that comes to most people's minds is the score, if not the puppets. The score is foreboding and mischievous. It sounds like music for a marionette show, which is basically what it's for. The score was done by Richard Band, who was nominated for a Primetime Emmy recently for his work on Masters of Horror. And he's also done music for such features as From Beyond, Reanimator, and The Pit and the Pendulum. Puppet Master starts out with an interesting scene, which is a prologue to the whole movie. It starts at Bodega Bay Inn in 1939, and here we're introduced to Andre Toulon as he begins to hide his puppets so that the magic of the Puppet Master will not fall into Nazi hands. And right here you're hit with the performance by William Hickey. Again, not a big performance, it's only literally, I'd say under 5 to 10 minutes, But really, he does a great job, and he's my favorite portrayal of Andre Toulon. He's almost zen-like. He's like a zen master. No, I don't think so. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I'm going to hide you. And it's funny because right here, you're hit with Blade and the Puppets. And you have Blade running through the the hotel trying to get back to the Puppet Master and you hear these breathing and grunting sounds and it sounds like a real person. And right here, I was just kind of wondering, why the heck do these puppets sound like real people? Like throughout the movie, they're making these grunting sounds. And it's just kind of funny because, hey, they're puppets. But anyways, let's move on to the characters in the movie. First of all, oh, let's get it right out of the way. The cast is headed out by a guy named Paul Lamatt, playing Alex, one of the lead psychics in the movie. Well, basically, he's an anthropologist. And man, is this guy lame. His whole performance is just horrible. He's like a big stick in the mud. (laughs) You college guys are all alike. All you really care about is getting laid. (laughs) I wish I was going with you. The whole movie, he's doting on this fiancé of the Neil Gallagher character who murdered himself, and his fiancé now doesn't know why he murdered himself. And so she's all mopey the entire movie, and of course Alex is trying to reassure her the entire movie, blah, 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 wine, wine, wine. And then he has these dreams, these reoccurring dreams throughout the movie. You can't save her, Alex. <laughs> 
And man, do they get annoying, especially that line. It's just uttered over and over again. I think we get the scene where Neil Gallagher is menacing his wife like two or three times. But that's really the worst performance in the movie. The rest of the characters are pretty interesting. As I mentioned before, my favorite portrayal in the movie is that of Dana Hadley, the White Witch, who is basically a fortune teller, but not a very good one, apparently. The only thing I see is your grandmother. She isn't going to be around very long. My grandmother's already dead, ma'am. Well, it's... It's really your grandmother. Oh, buddy, I'm sorry. But she does have psychic abilities. She actually foresees a very grim fate for one of the characters earlier in the movie. And she's a little kooky as well. She has a fake dog that she carries around with her and talks to it like it's a real dog. And she actually practices voodoo in the movie. Like burning notes on doors and rubbing chicken feet in other people's hands. Just a really interesting character. Unfortunately, she's not in the movie long enough to really satisfy me, but I really love this portrayal and love the actress that played her. And then we have Carissa, the psychosexual woman. She can reconstruct the emotional history of an object, meaning she's always horny because she can tell who had sex where. Oh my God, Frankie. What? Two famous movie stars had a wild night in this bed. Come feel it. And then there is her partner and boyfriend, Frank the Pervert, who is just hilarious in the movie. December 8th, 1.46 a.m. Researcher and principal psychometric subject are about to embark on sexual experiment number 517A. Experiment will utilize various sexual aids and certain assorted apparatus. Descriptions to follow. And he has some vague mental powers that it doesn't really go into and really isn't important. And then rounding out this interesting cast of characters is the kooky maid who's still employed in this hotel for some reason, although I can't really tell why. There doesn't seem to be any patrons of the hotel. And really, this uh, this maid reminds me of Amanda Plummer. That name is probably not very popular, but she played the crazy lady in Pulp Fiction. Any of you fucking pricks, move! And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you! She also was the crazy sister in So I Married an Axe Murderer. And she just really reminds me of this maid. And this maid really just adds a lot of ambiance to the movie. So, Puppet Master. I mean, this is a classic, in my opinion. A classic of low-budget cinema and just horror cinema in general. It has so many effective elements. First of all, there's the mansion, the setting for the entire movie. There are old-fashioned elevators in this mansion, long hallways, lots of doors. A really effective setting for a horror movie. And really, I mean, without that, the movie wouldn't work. In fact, the sequel, Puppet Master 2, does not feature the same location, and it's painfully obvious. And then there's other effective elements, like the puppets. The puppets all have various personalities, and they actually work together to form these elaborate plans to murder their prey in the movie. There's a really neat scene right in the middle where they all work in unison to kill this one lady, and it really explains why these small puppets could actually kill somebody. And I think also the reason that the Puppet Master series is so popular is kind of like what I call... 
Mega Man Syndrome. Every movie introduces new puppets with gimmicks and different personalities, you know, kind of like Mega Man. But there are other effective elements to the movie. There's the special effects, which are classic 90s stop animation and practical effects. Can anybody tell me why stop animation looks better to me than CGI? I mean, they both are pretty bad, but for some reason, I just love stop animation. And then there's the gore in the movie. One character gets a drill to the mouth. Another character gets a bunch of leeches on their chest in one of the best scenes in the movie. And then there's the creepy corpse in the movie, the corpse of Neil Gallagher, that keeps moving throughout the hotel inexplicably on its own. And then there are the dreams from Alex Whitaker that also, in some instances, work in the movie. You get some nice nudity. And then, like any good slasher movie, at the very end of the movie, you get a round table of all the victims sitting at this table with their corpses in various states of decay. And then you have a great villainous performance by Jimmy Skaggs as Neil Gallagher. So Puppet Master is really just an excellent movie, one of my favorites of all time. But of course, like any movie, it does have weak elements. There is some really atrocious bad acting by Paul Lamatt as Alex Whitaker. It's a pretty low-budget movie, and you can tell, and there is a pretty slow pace. The pace never bothered me, but I have heard other people really take issue with it. In fact, I don't think the real meat of the movie, in other words, people dying, happens till about 30 to maybe 45 minutes in. And then there are, of course, those annoying dreams that Alex Whitaker has throughout the movie. But for my money, Puppet Master is probably one of the best full moon pictures in the whole canon. And probably the reason why there's so many sequels. In fact, coming up this summer, there's going to be a new Puppet Master movie. The first in at least a couple of years called Puppet Master Axis of Evil. And this will be the debut of that series on Blu-ray. In fact, it will be packaged with the Blu-ray of Puppet Master itself. So, big summer for you Puppet Master fans. There have been many spin-offs, specifically in the Full Moon canon, namely the most popular, Demonic Toys. Demonic Toys. Playtime has begun. But none of them have been able to achieve the heights of creativity and quality that Puppet Master did. It truly was lightning in a bottle, and it never has been as good as that first entry. I end this review with a dark fact and a little bit of nostalgia for you fans of Puppet Master. Following the film on the VHS tapes and Laserdisc used to be a featurette entitled No Strings Attached, which documented the making of Puppet Master. Now, this would later morph into Video Zone, a behind-the-scenes video magazine. Paramount, who Full Moon teamed with to help with the uh, production of their products, did not believe in the making of concept and forced Band to pay for all the additional tape needed. Who would have known that Charles Band would be foreseeing the future of DVD all the way back then? I mean, really, Puppet Master, one of the best. And obviously, if you can't tell, it comes highly recommended from Grey at the Dark Hours. Now, on with the show.
What's up, losers? This is Ferguson, and I'm better than you. I'm here to tell you about cadaver tricks. This time, we're watching the movie Night of the Demons, y'all. Oh, Ferguson, you're so fly. Shut up, baby. Shut your mouth before I smack it. Toothless meth who? Now listen up. You watch the movie Night of the Demons in this remake crap. Even though Shannon Elizabeth is smoking hot. Come here and touch me, baby. Oh, you bet. Shut your mouth before I smack the crack pop out of your face. Record your voice watching the movie. Then send me the audio file to Ferguson at CadaverLab.com. Baby, I love you so much. Come here and look at my butthole. Woman, I said shut up. Get in the kitchen and make me some flatjacks. And you best be dropping them drawers. Crazy woman. Stop in the crap. Off day for this cadaver tracks is April 2nd. I don't care what I said before, just listen to me now and shut your mouth. April 2nd, don't make me come to your house and boil your rabbit. Ferguson, oh baby, I said shut your mouth, shut your other mouth. Don't make me give you another black eye. You're my daddy, bitch. That's right. So remember, cadaver tracks is your daddy. Suck it. And now it's time for Cadaver Classics. Hello and welcome to Cadaver Classics for episode 52. I am Mike and I'm here with Steven. What's up, my man? Not much, my friend. Just feeling like a dandelion. You know, I don't. why would you use the word dandelion exactly? Because I am like a weed and a wildflower all at once, my friend. So basically, you're a beautiful flower that no one can control, but ends up getting really irritating and uh, it, it, towards the end of its life? All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I call it curmudgeonly, but... Uh, well, all right. <laughs> well, that works too, man. And just think, I'm only halfway towards the end of my life. That it's, is scary. That I, is. <laughs> you're going to slowly get degrade of your of your mood from here on out. Wow, man! Yeah. I bet you, I bet you were great about uh, great to hang out with about ten years ago. No, ten years ago I was, uh, no, pretty much about the same. Come <laughs> well, to, at least come, it's, come to it's, think it's, of it, I was, I was a fucking prick then too. <laughs> well, maybe it's just a slow de-evolution, you know. That's so, right. I mean, if, <laughs> now if you go back, say twenty-five years, uh huh, you were a nice guy. No, no. Oh, no, no. You're not going to give us that either. 
I think when I was, my mom said I was a good kid up until I was about eight. So maybe, uh, that, maybe that's where it starts. Man, I wish I would have known you back then. Oh, I, I was a delight. <laughs> we 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 we, we, could, we could have had all kinds of fun playing with Star Wars action figures and Legos <laughs> well, you, and that kind of shit. Awesome. Once you turned eight, it was all over, though, huh? Yeah, that's when I that's when I discovered my first uh, curse word, and from there on out, it was like, wow, this is effective. Did you happen to hear uh, Spooky Bill's uh, voicemail for last episode? On your show? Yeah. No, I don't listen to this. <laughs> I don't blame. No, I, actually, actually, I, I did hear Spooky Bill's show, and and I guess he was kind of because the first thing I thought was, yeah, I'll show your wife who the f guy is. <laughs> By the way, I appreciate using the the term F. Yes, because this is a family show, and you know we we don't like to use naughty words. Yeah, exactly. Let me let me tell you a little story I heard today. Okay. To just demonstrate the family appeal of not only ourselves but our fellow douches. Uh oh. Um, (laughs) Dragging them in on this. Yeah. Well, one of Corey's teachers does an educational podcast, and he's talking to one of his little friends. And his little friends, uh, well, I guess they're not little. They're 14. They're on the verge of teen age acidness. <laughs> All right. But uh, he's like, yeah, uh, I listen to these, these fucking, this great fucking podcast. Uh, you ever hear of these guys that call themselves the Douchebag Podcasting Network? Well, your your son said that to who? My son's Just friend his friends. Said, his friend said that to him. Are you serious? And Corey's like, dude, my dad's the does JAFMP and the kid's like, Oh my God, those guys are so fucking hilarious. Well, I don't know if he probably did because when I was, when I was 14, <laughs> well, I was saying fuck, but and I'm uh, sure you Cor- both. Then Cor- I stopped when I turned like 16. Cause I'm a nice boy. Yes. I, I've heard that about you. <laughs> anyway, your mom was telling me, never mind. <laughs> I should kick you in the nuts. <laughs> you should. He's, but here, here, here's the funny part. He said okay. his, his dad makes him listen to the, uh, douche cast in the shower because one time he laughed so hard he peed himself oh. <laughs> are you kidding no that's what that's what the kids said so I've, I've just been waiting to share that with you that oh we, my we, gosh we, that, we are shaping that's young the best minds. thing i've heard in a long time dude that i don't know if that's scary or awesome or both it's 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 a little of both i'm afraid because <laughs> now i feel like you know we are shaping young minds michael Wow, that, that wow, I man, I've been letting them down. Uh, so, uh, Toby Sargent, what's up, little bitch? All right, <laughs> give a little shout out to Dude, Corey's little friend. That is, oh man, that is that. I I don't even know what to think about that, except for just just either put my head down in shame or have a big grin on my face. Yeah, either either way. <laughs> Or, or both, like I said. Yeah, and 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 what's that? We still haven't got the latest douchecast out. I, I think it seems to new heights of whatever the fuck it is we do. Because um, <laughs> honestly, can't wait for you people at home to hear the last douchecast. Because I swear to God, James had me about ready to pee in my pants. I don't. I was a little off that night. I have to admit, but the, I didn't like the movie either. So yeah, yeah that was a. And then I went and screwed up, and I didn't get my audio in. I blame uh, blame myself for the poor sound quality of the upcoming douchecast. Yeah, well, I'll do what I can with it, bitch. 
But yeah, <laughs> right, regardless of the sound quality, James was so fucking hilarious. I can't, oh, I can't wait to get it out. This is going to be a good one. He was, he's ready to get back into podcasting, man. He came in with a vengeance. I uh, know he did. He was, he was so <laughs> fucking great. And I can't, but where the fuck is his show? I don't know. Uh, you know what, though? I I bet you it's going to be one of his very best. I, I, I think he's just been bottled up for a few months. It's going to come out, and it's it's going to blow everybody away. Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, <laughs> just just hurry the fuck up, James. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, let's just hope this comes out first now. Unlike yeah, really. last week where it took me a week and a half to edit it. Oh, well, that's uh, kind of get used to that with you. But oh, I'm, man, I mean, we considering I'm. I've, it's been what a week and a half since I've been working on getting the douche cast out. Oh, so. dude, I'm gonna get this out before you get the douche cast out. What am I worried about? Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, see, the, that's why I'm here, Mike, is so you can feel better about yourself. Oh you man. Think, well, I'm a fuck up, but at least I'm not Steven. <laughs> you don't know how many times a day I say that or think that to myself. I. I owe you quite a bit for that, man. You've got, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, your wife told me about that poster you have. Uh, instead of you, you the little kitty that hangs from a tree. It says, "Hang in there." He's uh-huh. got, he's got one of those with my face like stuck in there. It says, "At least I'm not him." <laughs> yeah, exactly. He looks at it all day longingly. Well, and I, I think that plus I think, man, that guy's a pussy. Oh Nothing? snap! Oh snap! Yeah, okay, thanks. Oh well, you are what you eat. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you. Yes. Wow. That one's been in your back pocket since about 19, what, 82? Probably like been 70, dropping that probably, one. probably like 74, <laughs> but, but yet, there, yet no one's Dude, come up with a better one. So 74, 74. Yes. <laughs> oh man. No. That was before you were born, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. I, you know what? That still is awesome. That still blows me away. That story. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud. I'll be honest with you, dude. If I was that kid, I probably wouldn't have told your son that uh, I peed my pants one time listening to the douche cast. I would. I think I would have stopped before I I dropped that bomb. I mean, none of you, none of you people know about my problem with wetting myself. Oh. Oh, you let it out. Well, at least you don't have the anal leakage thing going on. My well, just just because you have one doesn't mean you don't have the other. Uh, that's true too. So, how is your prostate? Uh it's fantastic. Because last last time I felt it, it seemed a little. Oh my off. gosh! What? <laughs> oh, dude, that's uh, all right. I had uh, uh, I had a guy work uh, that we work with this week. In all seriousness, tell us we we started joking about the the four hour erectile thing where if you get a, you get a boner for four hours that you need to call a doc. He he like literally came up and said that that he had that problem in all seriousness and couldn't come into work. Really? <laughs> so I was like, you I'm know gonna what? have to I, try that one tomorrow. I'm like, I am I am not going. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question it. I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know let's well, I think just, that's let's the, just get the, on the, with life. <laughs> Well, that's the that's the beauty of that excuse because, yeah. like, really, who, what, like, if I called my boss tomorrow and said, I know I'm supposed to be there at eight, but it's going to be noon before I can get there because I got to wait for this erection to go down. I really don't think he's going to probe too hard. And no, or, I, I'm with you. Yeah, and so. you, you know what the funny thing is is I'm not even joking. I mean, this is this is an absolutely true story. And, and I am not joking about your prostate. I'm I wasn't sure whether it was like. Your prostate or one of those squeaky dog toys because it made that noise. 
Well, that, that's that's genetic. That that is handed down in, in from great grandfather to grandfather to father to me. And I will is it give really? It to that's fascinating. Yes. I was for surgery, but I thought maybe you had a like bionic prostate or something. But well, that or it might have been the uh, the dog's chew toy that I uh, stuck up my ass earlier. I it's hard to tell. Yeah, you, you it's it's hard to keep track of everything I've stuck up my ass. I know. <laughs> nice, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I'm feeling like I'm ready to talk about some devil doll. All right. Well, why don't we do that then? Because I'm I'm, I'm sure the audience is focused with rapt attention now. After oh, we oh, spend abs- ten absolutely. minutes on prostate talk. What they don't know is we could probably sit here and talk about that and entertain nobody but ourselves for the next two and a half hours. Oh, easily. I would have to call in to work tomorrow. (laughs) All right. Well, we decided to watch a movie called Devil Doll. A wooden doll, strangely, terrifyingly human. Plaything of the devil. Capable of such evil that only a cage can restrain its diabolical desires. It walks. It talks. In Berlin, 1948. Find me. It sees. It kills on blood-chilling command by thought control. Hugo, she said you were ugly. Somehow he's put a man's life into that doll. Somehow the malevolent mystery of the devil doll must be solved before more lives are lost to the monstrous power that manipulates it. Look into it. So deep and rich and red and warm. He's calling me. Please make him stop. There are no obvious answers, no mechanical tricks, nothing but sheer horror that grows and grows and explodes into violent, murderous action. You'll learn the dummy's sinister secret only at the very end of this most unusual suspense thriller. But for maximum shock sock, see it from the beginning. Devil Dog. which came out in 1964, um, the IMDb gave it a 3.1, which is 0.1 over my... Have I mentioned my uh, IMDb threshold in a while? Not I don't a while. watch movies under under 3.0. I don't watch... I, I, I basically just give up on movies. I don't like to, but 3.1, that's that's well within the range of All a right. movie that I'll watch. Now, see, my, my skill is a little bit different. Uh-huh. Uh, anything under a 3.5, I will watch anything over a 7.5. I will watch anything uh-huh. between four and a half and seven and a half. I refuse to watch dude. That's every movie. Oh, well, I guess I just have discriminating taste then you just watch, you just watch stuff like, uh, I, only I, respectable things like once upon a time, uh, in the West. So in, I will watch, I will, I will watch once upon a time in the West, but I will uh-huh. also watch, um, 
um, all the sins of Sodom. So, <laughs> you know what's funny is wait, I think I didn't wait. Did I see that one? Did you did you have that one uh, quote unquote available for a while? I have something like that. All the sins of Sodom, nineteen sixty something. Yeah, yeah, it's like sixty seven, sixty eight, kind of a soft core. You know what's funny is that was that was I got that movie from you at the same time that uh, about the that I watched Ilsa She Wolf of the SS. Yeah, yeah, it was about the yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because you you did a show. Oh wait, wait, wait. Maybe I should break out your uh, your uh, um, promo right now. Oh dear God! <laughs> Come, on. dude. That that's got to be the number one promo of all podcasting. Ah, uh, well, thank you. At least I'm yeah. the number one something. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, man, we're, uh, having a hard time keeping on uh, track here, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, this movie that, uh, came out in 1964 was directed by Lindsay Shanteff. Uh, it was written by, uh, Frederick Smith who did the story. And then, uh, now do you know the, uh, the, the background of the story? Cause usually, uh, you know, there, there's a couple other writers or people who have writing credits on this, uh, which are Ronald Kinnock and Charles F. Vetter. But this was a, uh, but Frederick E. Smith is credited with the story, and I'm wondering if, if if he wrote if it was in some kind of a novel or a short story or anything like that. I didn't have I didn't have a chance to even look at, look at that. Uh, well, according to Wikipedia, our source of, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, <laughs> truth by consensus, as Steve Colbert puts it. Right. Um, yeah, th- this movie was a short story that was uh, originally in London Mystery Magazine. Uh, he got paid ten pounds sterling for it, but oh, that's uh, right. But one of the conditions was he surrendered his rights uh, by cashing the check, so he yeah. couldn't actually take credit for it. Ten freaking bucks, well pounds. Yeah, which is like what? Uh, well, who knows? Eight dollars. I don't yeah, something know. like that. <laughs> Eighteen. <laughs> I know. I knew once upon a time it was like. Seems to me like it was a dollar eighty. Uh huh. So it'd be like not anymore. <laughs> I don't know. They've got euros and the metric system, all kinds of fucked up shit. And they drive on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> they've, got, they've, they've got free health care, but not dentists. Not, what the fuck? No, dude, they have dentists. They just all have apparently really bad genetic teeth. That's what I hear. Well, it seems like that's why you have fucking <laughs> dentists to fucking fix it. They, dude, co- I don't... They, call, they call their manicure a chiropodist. What the fuck? That's not <laughs> okay. even a word. Chiropodus sounds like some kind of sea-dwelling creature. It it does, doesn't it? I, it, <laughs> yes, it, it, does. it? I like to never figured out what a chiropodus did. And I watched uh, a, I watched a lot of I watched a lot of like BBC growing up. Uh huh. And I was like, you know, they they go to, they called the drugstore the chemist. It's not <laughs> the hospital; it's hospital. There's no the there. It's like, well, how do you know which hospital? The one that always gets me still is on holiday. On holiday, yeah, that's a nice. What? One. I don't even. I don't even get that. And and see, and then you get like pretentious fucks like Green Day because like you know, he he likes to sound like he's from fucking England. So well, and, and he's then, so smart and, and and cultured, right? I mean, pop punk isn't that the pinnacle of culture? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we'll give him that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, well, I'm sorry, it seems to be we were on holiday from the subject for a moment. Ah, <laughs> oh, good one. Anyway, no, that, that's, uh, I actually did read that, I forgot I read that, but uh, I think it's funny because, uh, I mean, I don't want to get into too much of my opinion right now, but 10 bucks for that story, 
I think the guys who made the movie got ripped. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyways, it starred Bryant Halliday as the great Vorelli. William Sylvester is Mark English, Yvonne Romaine as Marianne Horn, and Sandra Dome Dorn. as Magda Garnius. It's Sandra Dorn. How come, she... did I say Dome? <laughs> dome, yes. Dude. Man, I, think you were thinking about, I think you were thinking about those breasts of hers. I, I actually was. In fact, that was my favorite part of the whole show. The whole movie was when she was taking a little nap on the couch. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I know absolutely what you're talking about because I was all over that scene. I watched it like seven times. Well, the funny thing is that it's like, you know, it's a black and white. And I realized that, you know, there was a lot of, you know, not, I mean, I don't know. There was a lot, but there was nudity in, in, in 60s movies. You know, it depends on the movie. Obviously, there was a lot. Um, but it's still black and white, so it still has that kind of, uh, I don't know, just old school feel to it. So you just don't expect to see any, you know, at least I don't see any nudity well even even, was i looking hard i had the eagle eye right on it the whole time yeah well and that's the thing with this movie there are a couple like you know blatant uh gratuitous topless scenes in it uh at least if you're looking (laughs) at the british cut of it and that's the thing in the british film institute when you know as far as their grading of movies Uh was far different from uh the american uh releasing because uh God, it wasn't until like the late 60s that, uh, you know, they were still following the Hayes Code in America. So Uh that they were, so many things were off limits uh, if you weren't to get your movie released, at least uh, in any of, you know, in any, uh, I guess, you know, the real theaters and get your movie rated. You know, you were Mm -hmm. going, you were going to follow the Hayes Code. And it really? wasn't until the late 60s and the early 70s. Now, you got these grindhouse features like, uh, you know, the stuff we, you know, I watch a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, that you get from Something Weird Video, these, uh, you know, 42nd Street, 60s, softcore, right. you know, the Doris Wishman, nudie, cuties, and stuff like that, <laughs> that, uh, you know, they would, you know, always have to, like, have kind of an educational slant to it, like, this is a documentary about nudism, and, you know, in order to get away from, you know, and that was the way it was through, like, most of the 50s and the 60s. It gradually started getting more and more in. And it wasn't until, like, uh, I think 67 when I Am Curious Yellow came over from Sweden. And there's actually a scene where a woman kisses a guy on the penis. Uh, what? Yes. And it, this, uh, I mean, it actually went to the Supreme Court and they ruled... Uh, no nudity, you know, in and of itself is not, you know, pornography. And that, that's when the Hays Code kind of went out the window. Huh. But even this movie had to be edited down. Uh, well, I didn't see the same version you saw because the only thing I caught was like a nipple slip as she was, as she was turning over on the couch. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, the British cut. And see, that's the thing. The, the you Brit- know what the bad thing is, is? I had both cuts on the same DVD. But I just chose the first one that I saw, and apparently it was the wrong one to choose. Damn it! Right, the the British cut. Well, here's what here's what happens. All right, um, and we're going we're going to spoil something here just for the sake of fucking spoiling it because nobody needs to watch this. Yeah. Um the scene the scene where the yeah there's the nipple slip and uh, the the ventriloquist dummy kills the chick. Uh huh. All right, right before that is a scene where uh, the hypnotist makes this uh, musician, she's a celloist, thinks she's a... Uh, the word is cellist. Stri- cellist, all right, fine. All right, so she makes the, <laughs> he makes the cellist think she's a stripper. 
So she fucking gets on stage and takes off. Are you serious? Yes. I feel like I got gypped. But see, here's here's what you miss out on. This that scene replaces the scene where they actually explain why he sent the doll to kill the chick. So you have no fucking you have no fucking clue. Really? It's like it's just like out of fucking nowhere. That seems like a it seems like kind of a an important uh, part of the story, actually. Actually, I mean, for at, what there is. Well, by this point in the movie, I really didn't fucking care because I'm getting <laughs> two nipple scenes like right in a row. I would have traded two nipple scenes for some uh, story clarity. Right, I'll but, admit. But I'll I mean, admit. We, we are talking about now the women in this movie, though. I mean, you've got Sandra Dorn. Now she was a. I'm sorry, that's Sandra Dome. Sandra Dome. Okay. okay. <laughs> but she actually went by, oh, my God, now I've forgotten the fucking name. Oh, my God. I'm going to kick myself <laughs> in the balls for forgetting this. She was. You a, are very she was, stretchy. She was a pinup model in the uh, 50s. Uh-huh. So she was, you know, kind of like your Betty Page, your, uh, oh, my God. See, we record way too fucking late. <laughs> but she, she was one of those, like Mamie Van Doren and, uh, you know, Marilyn Monroe. You know, she, uh-huh. she was one of these great, famous pinup models. And, you know, she definitely has that, you know, kind of voluptuous figure. Right. Was it in the twilight of her career or, or why'd, uh, she, why'd she stoop to this level? Well, by the time the uh, 60s came along, her, you know, star had kind of run its course. Yeah. And she would do bit parts uh, for, for the next, uh, you know, uh, throughout the rest of the 60s and, you know, show up here and there throughout well, the she 70s. Wasn't, she wasn't, I, I mean, I think still think she was a pretty girl, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know. Absolutely. But, you know, we're talking by this point, she was uh, 40 by the time she did this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, she she had a little bit of the chunky monkey, but I'll tell you what. Well, that miss, I, miss I still enjoyed some, the whole thing. Oh yeah, she 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 was voluptuous. I mean, she's got that <laughs> you know that curvaceous thing going on, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna fucking complain about that. No, I no, and, I, um, I I hope I didn't come across like that because I was very entertained, and 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 trust me, it was fun with putting out the uh, the spy glasses, if you will, trying to catch something. Oh yeah, well you definitely need to watch the British cut it then because they might you might get to see a little bit more there. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be worth it. Yeah, we'll just fast. That's why they made a fast forward button. And, oh, that's um, something off to check out. And um, let's see a couple of other interesting things about this cast though. Uh, Yvonne remained. She had a pretty uh, uh, strong horror background to begin with. Uh, she really. Worked, yeah, previously she'd worked with uh, Karloff, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing. Uh, she was in. The Curse of the Werewolf, which was uh, Hammer's version of the Wolfman story. Really? Uh, directed by uh, Terrence Fisher. Uh, she'd done uh, Circus of Horrors, uh, Corridors of Blood. So, you know, she had, uh, there's you know, a few of those horror movies in her background. Mm-hmm. And uh, so was, she worked with some of the best as far as uh, uh, the British horror feel- industry goes. So, but the rest of the people in this movie... Uh, William Sylvester, uh, let's see, I think the biggest thing he did after this was probably, I think he had a bit part in 2001 Space Odyssey, hmm. if I'm not mistaken, but um, he would go on to do Riding with Death, um, and prior to this, I believe he was in Gorgo, meaning in, I, he was in a movie called Gorgo. Go, what, Gorgo, okay. 
from in 1961. And what basically this means is he was in three movies at least that uh, made it to uh, Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> that that is something that all serious actors and actresses strive for. That yeah, and, and they strive to hit three at least three. And uh, Bryant Halliday, his next movie, The Projected Man. Well, it wasn't his, yeah, it was either his next one or the one after that. Also was uh, featured on Mystery Science Theater. You know what? I'm thinking, and I, I don't think it's any secret that I didn't love this flick, but I think I would have liked it more maybe with the MST3K. Well, the Mystery <laughs> Science Theater version prior to prior to you know, watching it for this show was the only time I'd ever seen it. Oh, are you serious? Yes, and, <laughs> and, it, and it was a really good episode of Mystery3K. Oh, I gotta check it out then. You know what? Maybe I'll do if they do the British version there. Maybe I'll watch the whole thing. Wait, that uh, was a TV show, though, right? Yeah, right. They, yeah, probably, so, they didn't do that. I, actually, I do. I do, I think I've I've probably got like I think I have eighty seven episodes of Mystery Science Theater. Probably more than that. Are you serious? Yeah, on disc. So I'm sure that's one of them. Oh man. So I'll, well, I'll, I'll I don't to, know what you're I'll waiting for. You <laughs> yeah, maybe. Man, you've been holding out. Oh yeah, I love Mystery <laughs> Science Theater. But anyway, so that's a little bit about your cast and and crew there. Uh -huh. uh, the one one good thing did come of this up. Brian Halliday was one of the co-founders of uh, Janus Film Distributing, and I don't know if you're familiar with them, no. but. Uh, they're responsible for a lot of the movies that end up in the Criterion Collection. Oh, cool! Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I think all of my Kurosawa movies, uh, you know, come from the Janus distributing. But they, and, you know, Fellini, Fellini, and Bergman. You know, if you're into that kind of thing, which I know. am not. Right, <laughs> but if you were, that would be interesting to you. Uh -huh. Right, but, but yeah, it's it's an art kind of an art house distributing company, and a lot of uh. Well, a lot of the Criterion lot of, lot of, stuff uh, isn't just art house stuff. I mean, well, there's, there's a lot of Criterion things that I that I really like too. I just am not into that Fellini BS. Right. But, well, well, Janus Films is the one that's responsible for a lot of the widespread distribution of those kind of movies, and there, cool. there, there's a lot of good uh, Asian stuff, even like kind of the sleazier uh, Asian stuff that Janus is responsible for. So, cool. But yeah, they've got uh, they've got. You know, quite a, made a quite a name for themselves in the movie industry, at least among cinema fans. So you got and you got and you got and he was in this awesome movie, which I don't think Janus Films would even bother to fucking touch. <laughs> Agreed. So you were talking about the plot a little bit. Yeah, let, let's just a, I guess skim over it a little bit. I don't think we need to go to, into too much detail. Oh my god, uh, are you kidding? There's, there's some great shit in here. Oh, I. I honestly, as I was watching this movie, I just kept like thinking, "Oh, come on!" I, I, I should have counted how many times I wanted to say, "Give me a break." But let's go over the plot. All right, let's do it. <laughs> anyway, basically, opens up. Uh, there is a hypnotist slash ventriloquist named the Great Vorelli, um, who is in the middle of, of doing his act in a London theater. Um, his act includes Hugo. Hugo who is his ventriloquist doll. And, uh, you know, and the, and the thing is, the one funny thing about the about the, the whole movie, and this happened throughout, you know, every time that he was on stage or whatever, in the act it seemed like he would play it like he and the doll didn't get along, you know, and they were and they were just kind of, uh, you know, at odds with, with each other. But I thought it was kind of funny because I think it would make for an interesting ventriloquist ask, act. 
Anyway. But, uh, but here, here's the thing with that, though. There, uh-huh. it, it wasn't like they were slinging insults at each other, like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you know, you're a blockhead or some right. stupid shit like that, you know, that you'd expect to see in like a 19. Well, yeah, it was act. It was more like, I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> it was like there's so much fucking like antagonism yeah. between the two of them. Well, like he's taunting like, the he's I'm taunting your... Hugo. You can't drink wine; it's so delicious, or whatever. I can't remember, but <laughs> yeah. it's it pretty funny stuff. I mean, it's it just was like, I mean, wow. It, it's funny, but only because I mean the the dialogue between them. It's <laughs> it's not just. I mean, there's nothing absolutely nothing clever about it or witty. <laughs> it's just fucking hateful. Yeah, they and, loathe. And you know you can just tell these two thing two creatures like fucking hate each other so fucking much and I mean to me it, it made for hysterical I thought well, it was hilarious because it's like my God this is so horribly written I mean there was no like segues in between anything it was and Varelli took himself so seriously so it's like. Uh, if I were, let, let's say you're in the audience watching this, he takes himself so seriously, and typically he uh, he would bring up the doll after he's done some kind of whiz bang hypnotist deal, and so he, he, the whole time there was no humor involved at all, and now you're he's doing this, I'd be just like, are you? This is wild. Why why is this guy so mean? I don't know. I, oh but and and this is this is what's so great. I mean, honestly, could you see? I mean, because I've been to see like a stage hypnotist. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, there's a a guy by the name of Jay Medicine Hat who does the you know uh, the circuit at you know the Funny Bones. Right. So, and I've seen him twice now. My wife's seen him like four times. But you know, he'll get people up on stage and like you know, okay, you're driving a car, you're at the beach, you know, you're having right. an orgasm, you know, that yeah. kind of silly ass shit, and telling right. jokes and stuff. This guy, his his ventriloquist act. Oh, yeah. You once saw a guy get killed. Now I'm going to put you in that same situation. The guy he cocks the gun behind your head. Get on your knees. Get on your knees. You are going to die. Can you feel Torture. the bullet entering your brain? And I'm like, that's entertainment. I mean, yeah. Honestly, this is this. Is, and who the fuck is going to volunteer after that? It's like Oy. me, me. You know, maybe he'll like get me to reenact a colonoscopy without fucking you know <laughs> anesthetic i mean it was just i think the only reason he gets away with that stuff is because his uh his ventriloquist ass act is just so amazing really like, not so, that it's funny or not that it's really that entertaining it's just it gets so shocked everyone wants to know how he does it he's drinking he's eating while he's doing it the doll gets up and walks around follows commands things like that that's right. the only reason he can get up there in in you know, get away with that crap. Well, first off, I've seen Kermit the Frog ride a bike. All right. <laughs> While singing. Yeah, it doesn't make me believe Jim Henson would fucking make a great fucking, you know, uh, <laughs> inter- entertainer outside of the fucking, you know, being a Muppeteer. <laughs> right. And, and secondly, you know, uh, I mean, this is not the strangest thing I've seen in ventriloquism. Uh, Jeff Dunham has a career. So this is not the oddest thing that's happened in fucking, you know, that world. But this is right up there. The sadistic fucking hypnotist who also can do ventriloquism. It seems like they're it's two completely of, separate acts that he just happens to, you know. It's, it's like almost he tacks on his ventriloquist act. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. It's like, um, I don't know. Like, like if you, I don't know. What was that movie? Uh, basketball with the... 
Oh Matt, yeah, Matt and Trey. You know where they uh-huh. just kind of mix up fucking shit and fucking throw yeah. it together. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that's a that's actually a really good uh, analogy for. This I'm, I'm going to ice skate while playing ping pong. You know, those are, <laughs> those are my two hobbies. I'll just fucking combine them. Well, and he's just a creep. So anyway, um, Mark English, who is a reporter, is basically told that he's going to write a story about Varelli's act. Uh, so what he decides to do is take his girlfriend to a to a showing of Varelli's act, and uh, Varelli brings up Marianne, Mark's girlfriend, up onto the stage, hypnotizes her, and just has her dance, you know, and like some kind of like she's some kind of a professional dancer, which oh. was funny because it was just doing the twist for two minutes. I oh, know it was. It was like, and and uh, first off, all right, here's another problem I have with this fucking movie. Uh, all right, since when when is hypnotism like being in the Matrix? I mean, you know, just like instantly, okay, downloaded these fucking right. dance moves, you know. Okay, hypnotize me. I want to be a kung fu master. You know? I know kung fu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the first thing I thought. And then the second thing I thought was, oh, my God, there is where fucking Quentin Tarantino got the idea for the dance-off at Jackrabbit Slips. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, absolutely. It looked, the, the opening part of it looked identical to fucking Uma Thurman and John Travolta. And the funny thing is they bring on a guy just to be the quote-unquote professional dancer guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, it, well, otherwise you wouldn't know how good a dancer she was under hypnotism I, if yeah, you didn't have him there for comparison. Her. Right. <laughs> oh, all right. I missed that whole thing. I just thought that it was funny they bring on this guy for one minute of the movie, two minutes of the movie, just to sit there and do the twist. Uh, whatever. That's great. I, you didn't see him before or after. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, well, you know, he he served his he served his purpose. <laughs> Anyhow, so apparently Varelli uh, knew a little something about Marianne, and he actually knew that she was a an heiress to quite a fortune, and did not bring her up by accident, and uh, actually started to put little suggestions into into her brain. It actually comes a little bit later, um, just like. Most people, after they see Varelli's act, Mark, the uh, the reporter, starts to try to figure out how he did it because he's just so blown away by the whole ventriloquist act. And uh, so he starts to try to figure out a couple little things about it. And you're going to have to fill part of this in for me because I remember that uh, Marianne showed up at Varelli's place. Now, did, did he put a suggestion in her the first time saying that if I call you, you will come to me? Or was that later on? Well, see, later on is when he puts that suggestion in. Okay. But but there's all kinds of fucking. It it's kind of like our Mark and his girlfriend have their agenda, and it just happens to line up with fucking uh, Varelli's agenda. Because right, I mean, right. if you if you remember, uh, Marianne wasn't even supposed to be there that night. The girl right. the girl that the newspaper was paying to go under the hypnotism, you know, she wasn't even she refused to go. Right. So Marianne was a last minute replacement. And then Mark's trying to get her to volunteer. And at the same time, Varelli's warning her to volunteer. So, and then Mark's like, invite him and to uh, your aunt's house. And at the same time, and at the same time, Varelli is like trying to get invited to her her aunt's house. Oh, pretty convenient. Yes. it, It was, you know, in case one of the uh, plot lines fell apart, we we have the other one to fall back on. That's how tightly constructed this fucking story is. Well, 
<laughs> well, and it's good because uh, it was all completely believable and all that stuff made complete sense. Yes, to me. And, it, it just uh, so happened that he managed to <laughs> go to the fucking aunt's house. Basically get everything he wanted. Uh, and, th- and that's right. That's when he talks to her in, in private, puts that suggestion into her mind is to sh- to come to him whenever he calls her. And apparently there's some kind of a, he, he creates some kind of a psychic link at that point uh, because he can call her from from um, far, far away. Anyhow. So but the problem is, is uh, Marianne kind of falls into a coma like uh, state. Oh my and... God! No, no, we got go, go. we we got to get into this. All right, all, all right. right. First off, that doctor with the fucking eyebrows, dude. What the fuck was with those eyebrows, man? They were like, <laughs> I don't he, know, but I could not take like my two eyes off. Woolly caterpillars or something, and <laughs> tape them to his fucking forehead. I mean, Are you kidding me, dude? It's like he had like I I I don't know what you call it, but it's like eyebrow wigs. I mean, those things. Could, I mean, if they were real, that's that that guy should be famous based on those eyebrows alone. Yeah, because here's the thing: he was actually bald. That hit the hair you see on his head comb over yeah. from the eyebrows. <laughs> actually, that's, if that's, that's really the case, he did a decent job. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but but their medical jargon at this point. All right, uh, see if I remember this right. She's in a semi coma with overtones of delirium. That was his Dude. medical diagnosis. A, 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 a semi coma. Now, <laughs> what the fuck is a semi coma? <laughs> Dude, I I don't know. You're you're probably talking. He's a British doctor, and we all know how their healthcare system works. And... Yeah, that, oh, that's well, why. That's why it back it, to that. Yeah, that's why it's fucking free. Yeah, <laughs> because because you got they, people they just come in. Up. Yeah, they're. Well, it looks kind of like a semi coma. She's not really awake and not really asleep. I, mm, mm. Yeah, she's got she's got some overtones of delirium. Well, yeah. and the funny thing, I, I that that whole deal is funny. I just didn't kind of get how how cool he was. To uh, yeah, he he calls up Mark and. For some reason, the doctor's like, Mark, I think you should come here. We need to talk to you and whatever. It's like, yeah, I'll be there in two hours. And he's like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll await your arrival. I was like, when's the last time a doctor waited two hours for you? Yeah, really. Well, this, I mean, the aristocracy here, they probably have like a couple doctors, a couple lawyers on retainer. I don't know. It just pissed me off because, uh, yeah, I had to take my kids in because they got the flu. I freaking waited 45 minutes, okay? Yeah, you exactly. Saw that and it pissed me off. Well, I told you what happened with my son this evening. He was at the yeah. emergency room for six fucking hours, and they sent him home because they couldn't find a fucking radiologist to look at his fucking x-rays. And here we are bagging on the British healthcare system. Yeah, well, <laughs> they don't use x-rays. They they just, like, have fucking view masters. His, his leg has some delirium of... Uh, I, I think there might be a monicum of... <laughs> twistiness in his bone oh dude oh man you know what this show is funnier to talk about than it was to watch i will tell you that right now and and of course there was the great line you know when uh mark does show up at the house and the doctor greets him and says thank you for coming so quickly and it's like wow you know how often lisa says that to me 
Never. Never. <laughs> Never. Never. She's all, or unless it's like, and it's, it's always thanks sarcastic. for coming so quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's or always so, sarcastic. Yeah. But the British, you can't even tell because they're, oh, thank no, they're, you, they're also oh, thank you for coming anyway. so quickly. And it's like, oh, <laughs> that could be taken 10 different ways. What? And they all, they sound pretentious. I'll piss anyways. off you. Fucking Tulsa. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know why I, I they, were, they were really going after the British today. There's no reason for it. And well, here's the, here's the beauty of it. Now, get you off on this. The director is actually Canadian. Run Listen, with that. <laughs> I, I, I have never he, had a problem he prob- with Canadians he probably, or British. He probably wrote all the medical speeches. <laughs> well, but I can talk a little bit about the French. Not just kidding. Oh, too bad there weren't any. Fr- well, we got some Germans coming up. Well, plus so. French Canadians. Close enough, right? Fair enough. Let's go yeah. for it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, where was I? Oh, okay, so she's in in a coma. A coma. What was it? A coma-like state or a delusion? A, a, a semi-coma with, a, state. with overtones of delusion. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, oh, anyway, so I. I'll, I'll oh, oh my God! Do. And here's the other what? thing that pissed me off. I'm sorry to keep interrupting you. But... No, you're fine because all right, I'm. All right, I'm but done. But the whole point of the doctor calling Mark was like thinking it would help her, and then yeah. he's like in the room, so he rushes over there, you know, across the English countryside or what the fuck ever, drops all of you know whatever he was doing as a journalist. Yep. Drops everything, rushes out to her house, is in the room two minutes, and then the doctor's like, "Well, I think I need you to leave." Because if she goes to sleep, her fever will go away. And it's like, uh, all right, so what the fuck did you call me, you du- motherfucker? I and drove two like, hours for this? Yeah, honestly. And it's, and it's like, well, and what the fuck is her taking a nap have to do with her fever? Uh, did you, like, maybe give her, like, some Tylenol or some shit? Maybe that would help her fucking fever. <laughs> But Dude, but the drug they do give the drug they do give her is half a cc of the drug. This is a quote: the drug we got from America. That's fairly vague and not a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> yes, it could be fucking anything. <laughs> you know, one it could be Cialis. Cialis. It could be fucking. <laughs> You know, Motrin, who the fuck knows what it is? All we know is that came from fucking America, and apparently it only takes half a cc of it. I was going to say, what medicine besides, like, crack can you take? I I assume you can take a half a cc of crack. Does does crack come in cc's? I don't know. I think it comes in grams, dude. They're on the metric. Uh, drug drug dealers are on the metric system too, unless <laughs> unless you're talking weed. In in that case, you still do ounces and pounds. But coke, oh, coke, uh, heroin. You're talking kilos, grams. Dude, I, I don't know what. Probably because most of the marijuana is domestic, and right. your, you know, your harder drugs are being imported. So that's the metric system. From Colombia, in Colombia, such awesome other states, yes, and countries. Exactly. Oh, so dude. they're all, they're all in fuck. They're all in the metric system, which is what which is. Apparently, why they can't write good music. <laughs> uh, now, are you talking South Americans or? Are you I'm talking, talking about, about anybody on the metric system. I, the, forget, the, I forget where I heard that. Might have been, <laughs> might have been, might have been Dave or Cheap and Dirty. But if you're on the if, if you're, if you're on, on the metric, if you're on the metric system, you you have become such an efficient machine that you're incapable of creative oh, thought anymore. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, dude, that's right. So, I heard that. Yeah, So, and and Dave knows his shit now. Dave wouldn't fucking jerk us around. 
they've taken all the mystery out of and all the art out of measuring things. Exactly. <laughs> He's going to kick our ass now. No, well, see, That's great. <laughs> because, because now see, like I live in West Virginia. Things are still like yay tall or uh, <laughs> over yonder is like an actual distance. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. You you guys must kick ass Hell, at music. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. We, we've got that whole... Fuck, we've got dulcimers, man. Who the fuck else plays those fucking things? Listen, I'll tell you. I don't even really know what one is. It's it's kind of like a stringed instrument, kind of like a lute almost, maybe, in size. It's like a little tiny guitar. Not a ukulele. That's a, It's a fucking dulcimer, dude. I'll look, I'll look it up because... I don't know. It, you... might, it might be Celtic in origin. I don't know. I, I haven't done my research on the history of the dulcimer, but well, then don't drop bombs like, "Oh, we use dulcimers." We've, we've if you got, don't have any idea what it is, bitch. We've got them in fucking <laughs> town, man. I can, I can be ten minutes. I can be back here with the fucking dulcimer, dude. That's how badass auto harp. We got those fuckers. You know what? We have ten minutes. <laughs> See ya. All right. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh man. Oh my gosh. Let, let's finish talking about this movie so we can get back to joking around, please. All right. <laughs> okay, so, so all right, so he forms the psychic link with the chick. Right. And basically convinces her to marry him. And meanwhile, our uh, journalist finds out, let's see, oh, the doll walks into the journalist's bedroom one night and tells him to look how for... Did, how did he and the, and the doll they all end up in the same room? Because they stayed at Varelli's house. Oh, no, no, the, the grandmother's house. The... Yeah, right. After the charity event, everybody stayed in the same house. That's right. That's right. Because okay. she had you know, 15 extra bedrooms. Everyone was all wore out from the orgy for charity. Dude, I'll tell you, and, and this is this is not even joking around. As I was watching this, my mind wandered. And, like, I found myself like, not even being into the movie at, at points. So I'm glad you're here to connect all these dots for me. Oh, well, it's, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Because I was fucking held with rapt attention every moment of this delightful film. Um, so, I'm glad someone was. So, so anyway, well, that's because I was watching the version with the tit scenes. You know what? That probably would have changed the whole thing for this movie for me. Not really, no. Gosh. Oh, no? No. Nah. Uh-huh. I don't know. The, the third chick, she, well, the first chick, she she was all, uh, all right. Yeah, and then we got the pinup model. We get a little flash from her. And yeah. then, and then um, one of the other journalists in the hotel room in Germany. Oh yeah, he's got a topless chick with him. Oh no, she was like, she was not topless in my version. No, she was completely topless in my version. You're you're talking about the one with the short brown hair, right? Yeah, the short brown hair. She was wearing just a pair of black panties. That kind of had like weird mouth region and teeth. I like how I looked at her fucking mouth. Well, because you you had the good stuff. That's all I had. Yeah, exactly. You you can, yeah. You know, she did have nice tits. So, <laughs> Great. So anyway, there's there's something to look forward to, <laughs> because the movie's just getting fucking weirder. Um, let's see where we're okay. So the the dog comes and tells the guy, "Help me, help me. Uh, go look for me in Germany, 1948." And <laughs> and so right. So they find out that Hugo was once uh, part of Varelli's act. He was a real boy. And uh, it's kind of like a re- reverse Pinocchio thing going on. Right. Uh, his soul gets put into the doll. And uh, 
fuck him. That's why they, the 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 uh, ventriloquist dummy and Varelli hate each other. Right. And there's a a woman named Mercedes. She was involved in the act too. And there's a great scene because here's the thing: since we never since we never see Hugo except in the flashback, he's played right. by this young guy. But Mercedes, she's played by this older woman. I thought that same thing. But so like, when they when they do show her in the flashback, it's in one scene where she's like terrified by what's happening on stage, and her whole face is covered. So all you can see is her eyes until that's like, her. But at the same, but the rest of her face is covered, so you can't tell. Okay, well, this even is the same then, woman, sixty years fucking old. Even then, you could see like the crow's feet and all that yeah, stuff. It, but it, yeah, it was, I just I remember thinking, man, they didn't pull that off well. <laughs> no, I mean, it was a nice try, but, you know, didn't fool us because we're eagle-eyed watchers. Yes. We were hoping her boobs would fall out. That's why we were paying attention to that side of the stage. <laughs> That's because all she, I had was hope. Right, because all she is is, like, off in the right corner of, this, of the screen. It's like, right. It's like, okay, why are we watching this when a guy's getting stabbed on stage? Oh, because we're hoping her tits will fall out because we, we, yeah. we'd live for that dream. Okay, let's say we're dudes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it all heads to the big twist ending, right? And uh, end is, you end, know that just comes out of nowhere. Uh, you have no idea how the twist happens; it just happens. And they, I mean, with but no they do setup a little, whatsoever. A little special effect. Oh yeah, I they, mean, they, they throw a, in like a still some frame kind of a burn and negative image. Yeah, it's yeah, like the negative image. Yes. So that you know something happened, and you're sitting there going, "What the fuck." For like ten <laughs> seconds, and then the movie starts back up again, and you realize yeah, yeah. what's fucking happened. And then, and it's, and then it's like the, the guy walks in, really? Mark walks in to kind of sort everything out for us. It's like yeah, he, yeah, Mark he walks Mark, in. Oh, by the way, he might as well have just said, turned to the audience and just said, "Here's what happened." Yeah, because he had absolutely nothing to do with this whole fucking thing. Dude, what he was like the worst pathetic excuse for a, a like a hero. <laughs> In like a home in in any movie I've seen. Oh yeah, he was strict. He all he he was only there pretty much for exposition. Yeah. I mean, he would move from scene to scene, and he would be finding out the information you needed as an audience member to put the fucking plot together. Well, and they 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 set him up as kind of the good guy in the in the beginning. I don't know more than anybody else, so I figured out this guy would this guy's gonna probably you know be fill that character for the whole thing. No, but he just kind of was like a he was in the movie. From here and again, but the thing is, is he just kind of, uh, he was just kind of there as a, as a, uh, not like an extra, but as a secondary actor the whole time, basically. Yeah, basically, he could have just, like, been off screen and narrated the fucking shit. Exactly. I don't know. I, listen, I'm not going to sit here and uh, complain about that when there's so much other awesome stuff to complain about, like, uh, um, oh, we forgot to mention that one funny thing was uh, that... Uh, I, I will admit one thing. <clears throat> if you think about it, the story, if uh, you know, and I bagged on the, I bagged on the writer earlier, but this story, I think you could have made a decent flick. You know, just just over the whole, the overall premise, I think it could have been good, like a doll. You know, hidden. It sounds a lot like a, well, you know, just kind of like a B class horror movie, obviously. But well, I think you know, you made you've, it a good, decent show. Well, you've got Dead of Night. You've got fucking what fuck horror etc did an entire show on oh, ventriloquist they... dummies oh, okay so there you go i mean you know uh you have two uh episodes of the twilight zone and um, those were actually a lot better than this oh absolutely <laughs> but um 
but the nice thing about it is it, it you know uh hugo which is also coincidentally enough the name of the uh ventriloquist dummy in dead of night oh really yeah um you know you've got this fine tradition of uh killer toys killer dolls you've got you know hugo you've got uh talky tina you know on up through chucky and uh it would become the staple of uh charles band's full moon pictures uh demonic toys puppet master uh, doll man you know. are you just saying that because I, i'm happened? just trying to give you a little bit of a segue <laughs> to work off of dude take it or leave oh, it you threw you threw me a softball and i whiffed it yeah well you know <laughs> I can't host the show for you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Man, listen, this, this movie, the the doll was kind of, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to really come up with good things to say about this movie unless we're sitting here talking about it on the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, this is fun, but I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think watching it was very fun. No, it, it, this is not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, there's a reason why it ended up on Mystery Science Theater because there is so much fucking shit to make fun of in it. You know, I've got and, a, and I've that got and that was that really out. that was really how you know I've got I got through this movie is just by you know like fucking go oh my god are you serious <laughs> did did he really just say semicoma yeah you know I mean it was. <laughs> So in in that respect, it really is a fun movie. If uh, you got a few friends, you know, and we're right. get drunk and fucking bag on a movie. Yeah, this is one of those great ones to do right. it to, especially the British version because you lose uh, important yeah. plot elements in exchange for boob shots, <laughs> which I will take any day of the week. Mark my words. So any movie. So yeah. So all in all, I mean, it, I I enjoyed watching it just simply from that respect. Uh, if I tried to watch it uh, without turning my brain off, there's no fucking right. way. Well, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any question of that. I will say that I didn't. I, it was it was painful to watch this movie for me, but it was worth it was worth talking about it because now I think if I I think what I might actually do is go seek out the the mystery science theater version because uh, there's just so much there's just so much there. Oh yeah, to rip on. Oh yeah, wait, wait until you see. Uh, oh my God, was uh, Servo where he turns into a toaster strudel and wears a skippy <laughs> little outfit. Oh, I cannot wait for that. Yeah, awesome <laughs> shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, sweet dude. Any uh, any last thoughts? Obviously, I'm not giving this one a recommend. Um, just one thing. Uh, in the in the nude scene that uh, you missed out on, where he convinces the uh, cellist to be a stripper. Um, I think you say it celloist. <sighs> Bitches plays the cello. <laughs> um, the name of the actress was Trixie Dallas. Now, does that sound like a cellist name Dude, or a stripper name? <laughs> you name your kid that, she's going to end up being. You basically typecast her life. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm just wondering if Varelli knew that when he got her on stage. He had to have known. This was a plant. Okay. You know, he didn't really hypnotize her. He was like, oh, Trixie Dallas, I know what I can get you to do. Easy. Easy. So he didn't I'm work. Bummed that I missed that part. Yeah. Missed out on a classic. <laughs> a cadaver classic. A cadaver classic. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Appreciate you guys listening. Stephen, as always, I really appreciate you joining me 
for this segment. Uh, again, it's always a pleasure. Well, you say that. Yeah, well. <laughs> All right, man, we'll, we'll just end with that. Welcome to a night of total terror. When his bloody scalpel probes the forbidden secrets of a woman's flesh. The dead who live on living flesh. Welcome back to It Came from the Public Domain. I know we're talking about Charles or uh, Full Moon Entertainment this week here on Cadaver Lab, so um, I don't really know of any uh, Full Moon Public Domain movies, although most of them should probably be Public Domain, but uh, as everyone knows, the man behind Full Moon is uh, Charles Band, and now before he before he was behind Full Moon, of course, he was involved with Wizard Video and his uh, other early production company or distribution company, Empire Pictures. Uh, before that, though, he did he produced movies through uh, Charles Band Productions, and that's where we get tonight's movie, The Daytime Ended. Now, another quick note on Charles Band before we get to the movie. I didn't know this until I looked it up. He was also responsible for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween video games for the Atari. 2600 and those you know old farts among us who actually remember the atari remember those games probably if you were a horror fan in the early 80s you had at least one of those um anyway back to the movie it's uh from the 70s called the daytime ended i'm not sure why it's called that because it's more about aliens and, and things like that than actual time or time travel but regardless of the that let's get into the movie it's directed by john budd Cardos, who you probably never heard of, he uh, he was responsible for a lot of drive-in type movies, like a, like a biker flicks, like Satan Sadists and the, uh, things like that. Um, I've seen a couple of his movies recently: uh, Blood of Dracula's Castle and Nightmare in Wax. So he did have some association with uh, Crown International. So if you grew up in the '70s watching movies on TV, you know you probably saw something of his. Um. Basically, the story, not too much involved, really. Uh, three three stars, kind of supernova at the same time. The, the radiation eventually reaches Earth. This somehow is related to... There's a, uh, a farmhouse where they just... This family lives out in the desert. They just uh, finished building their house. It is a grandfather and a grandmother. Um, their son and his wife and their daughter. And then there's somehow a teenage son who calls the grandfather dad. So grandpa obviously still has it going on somehow. I don't understand exactly how the relationship works, but they're all living in this new solar-powered house out in the desert. At one point, the little girl discovers this big glowing green pyramid out behind the, the horse stable, and it makes the horse disappear and reappear, and she travels everyone about it. And, of course, in, in traditional B-movie cliche, no one believes her. Uh, later on, she finds a little version of the pyramid. She picks it up and puts it in her pocket. <clears throat> they go in the house and see that the living room is trashed. We don't know why. They they assume it's just bikers. They just because that's who you blame everything on is bikers. If you don't know what happened, it's bikers. At one point, stuff in the house just starts going weird. Like the little girl walks into the bathroom and then like it starts going green, and then like the water comes on by itself, and then some mysterious force like repairs the living room and like there's a cracked mirror and it fixes the mirror 
so at first, even though it's kind of weird and we see, you know, all this weird quote unquote supernatural stuff happening, it seems like it's pretty beneficial. I mean, the, the entity seems to be attached to the little girl and, you know, it's helping her out and stuff. So it's not, it doesn't seem too threatening. But then uh, <clears throat> at one point she sees like a little, a little green, the traditional, like a little green man. And suddenly another, like a tiny, looks like a little toy spacecraft sort of military looking vehicle is chasing the little girl and the green the little green guy makes it run away and like i get the impression this was supposed to be sort of a kids movie because the little girl is is kind of the focus i mean there's nothing really too scary uh like i said there's like i know i sound kind of random and distracted but really the movie is kind of random and just things happen. There, there turns out to be basically two opposing forces: the little green guy and the other, um, the other uh, military vehicle piloting uh, thing. And you see like lights in the sky. And eventually, or at one point, we have a a fight between two stop motion monsters, which is kind of neat. Uh, if you like, you know that kind of thing. You know. At one point, the family is separated. They go into another dimension. Eventually, they do end up in like an Earth on Earth, like hundreds of years in the future. And they're like, well, you know, maybe this is how we were meant to live. So it's kind of like an existential kind of thing. I, it's really hard to explain. I don't know. I, I would say if you're interested, check it out. Uh, where I have it is from Alpha Video. It's on a double feature with I forget what the other movie is, but I bought it at Kmart. It was in a collection of Grindhouse sci-fi movies. I bought like eight movies for like seven or eight dollars. Um, I had two, I have. I had all of them, I had all the other ones in there, but this one and one called It's Alive, not the, not the baby movie, but about a monster in a cave, which is kind of a cheesy TV movie. I think it's a TV movie, but we'll get to that later. I mean, if you want to check it out, check it out. I wouldn't say I recommend it, I like a lot of cheesy movies. I like a lot of, you know, and there's some, like I said, we've got the cheesy stop-motion animation here. We've got, you know, that kind of thing going on. We've got the 70s, the whole stream of consciousness, sci-fi vibe that, like, a lot of movies had in the 70s. So, if, I mean, if you're interested, check it out. I was just kind of like, eh, through the whole thing, underwhelmed. It was all right. I, I haven't seen it online, I don't believe, like, as far as archive.org goes. Uh, but like I said, it, it might eventually show up here on Friday Night Frights. Uh, it's far from the bottom of the barrel, but it's it's on the uh, on the lower rung of the barrel, we'll just say. But that's it, and I uh, hope I'll talk to you again. Proud member of the Douchebag Podcasting Network. Podcasting? What the fuck is that bullshit? the fuck off of his woman. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Cadaver Lab Podcast. I'm Mike, and with me as always is Johnny Krug. What's up, my man? Hey, not much, man. What's going on? Well, nada. What, what do you have going on, man? Um, I've been picking up some horror comics and some stuff like that. Oh, what what, what have you been getting? I got the trade paperback of Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash. How are you liking it? Oh, dude, you know, when I bought it, I was kind of curious how they would link Ash into that story. Uh-huh. And it's really cool how they did it. Yeah. Didn't isn't they um the whole Necronomicon thing and he's just a Jason's like a deadite. I I read I only read a couple of uh of the I guess what they would be is just the individual comics, but is that am I right? It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, and it's cool because it kind of takes place during 
like the same time period as Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Oh, really? Yeah, when they they changed the name of Camp Crystal Lake to uh, Forest Green. Oh man, I gotta revisit those. That sounds pretty cool. I remember being stoked about it. I'll tell you what, it's kind of annoying reading them on the computer. I'd rather have the, uh, I'd rather have the 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 book to hold so I can read it in bed without having to, you know, like balance my laptop on my on my gut. <laughs> man, it's actually I'm really digging it so far. I mean, they uh, I think what it is is they are opening an S Mart out there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and Forest Green, and I guess it takes place when they're actually doing the renaming of the town. That's right. He goes out there because he's because uh, Ash is some kind of a of a trainer or some crap. He goes out there, and all this starts happening. I don't remember. For, I don't remember uh, S Mart in Part Six though. Oh no, no, it's bullshit. You, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so far though, that would be a really cool movie. Uh, you know, I agree with you, but I mean, do you think it could still be done? I mean, Bruce is getting pretty old. I don't think. I mean. The Jason could be done in it, but I don't think you could get Robert England or anybody in. Well, not that they would even try. Well, dude, you know what? The only re- the only way that would be awesome, I think, is if you could get maybe like Robert England in in uh, Bruce Campbell, and maybe Bruce Campbell could pull it off because he's old and he's you know maybe he could he could come at it where he's like the old manager curmudgeon or whatever you know. In in but it, I mean obviously in the comic he's younger. You know, he's, he's, uh, Ash isn't, you know, 60 years old, which probably he's almost 60 years old in real life, you know? Oh, yeah, he so, looks you know, just high, like... High 50s. He looks just like that, like he did in the, uh, third movie. In the, uh... Oh, oh, in the oh yeah, in the yeah. comic, yeah, right, yeah, well, exactly. Well, if they did it now, they'd probably just cast, like, Shia LaBeouf as Ash or something. Well, everybody in the world but Sam would be pissed off about that. <laughs> hey, oh, man, I have something really, really serious I'd like to talk about. Uh-oh. Man, I, uh, you know... I didn't realize the Cadaver Lab was in the uh, in the hit business, man. What are you talking about? I, oh, I didn't, shut up. I know where this is going. <laughs> I didn't realize um, you were going to kill Corey Haim. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? No. I just I, I went back and I revisited that episode where you were talking about the convention. <laughs> and I was no, it's, laughing my balls it's, off. It's funny because... I, you know, I barely even remembered what happened because who was it? I think Steven or something said something on Twitter and they're like, oh, it was, you know, he, he, he overdosed because Mike, you know, <laughs> did this or that on. I'm just like, what did I do? No. I, I had to sit back and remember. It was, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, that sucks though, man. I mean, I even read a report today about, about, uh, his, uh, uh, they did his autopsy and all sorts of stuff, and it's just like weird because all week long it's it's funny because I don't know if you know who Lewis Fowler is. Yeah, all that. Uh, well, he has like a bunch of pictures with them, and and he put and I don't I don't know if he put this up, but there's a there's a video of them rapping at uh, Whorehound with uh, G Tom Mack and and I think it was uh, Laddie or something from the Lost Boys, and they were in the hotel yeah, man. lobby That's there, just and crazy. I was there. I mean, I I was I was. I wasn't in the video, but I was I was in the same room. I was kind of far back, but I just remember, you know, thinking, "Oh my gosh, what a bunch of jackasses! Who would have known he'd be dead by now?" Hey, you know what yeah. though? Was he supposed to go to this year's horror hound? I, I bet he was. I don't know. He's supposed to be in Lost Boys three. I guess that's not happening. <laughs> well, Brandon Lee was uh, finished the crow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. So <laughs> there, uh, well, I, I figure twenty years on drugs is a long time anyway. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I mean, he lived a lot longer than most people who are on drugs. Oh yeah. Well, so. is that good or bad? I mean, I, I mean, they, and they even have that show, the two Corys. I think this. I think we've talked about this on the show before. 
um hell, if, if we have it's it's been like since some of the early early episodes he he just he just did not take care of himself and he was always like trying to start all this crap and it was like how long could someone keep this up well apparently not too long <laughs> yeah you know but i mean he's on the drugs for how for 20 years but I mean, seeing that kind of behavior is just wild. That's, I mean, that's, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying I'm all sad and stuff, but it's just like, you know, wow. He was, he was, he was a little older. Well, he was what, five years older than me or whatever. Yeah, dude, he yeah. wasn't that old, man. No. Um, I hope I'm not dead in five years. No, you're not going to be, man. Because. Well, you're not, you're not a cokehead, right? Yeah, but I could start now. <laughs> Although you're going <laughs> to say you can stop now. No, 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 I'm saying I could start now. Who knows? What happens? Hey, you get 20 yeah. extra years. Well, I am no Corey Hain. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm I, a Feldman man myself. <laughs> I'm, I've always liked Corey Feldman. Feldman. Although he hasn't done a whole lot of good stuff lately either. <laughs> well, seeing him in that uh, The Two Corys TV show wasn't that great either. He didn't. He didn't really impress me. Except for you know what didn't impress me is how hot his wife was actually. And did you see when he was screaming that song into her face? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, her hair Dude. was like blowing back in the wind from the wind of his freaking spit. I was like, he's about to punch her in the face, and you know. And then I realized he was singing a love song to her. It's like, wow. You really have to hate someone to scream a love song at him. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Hey, so did you check out the uh, Cougar Nation? Oh, dude. I did, and I thought it was great, man. That was hilarious because uh, what, what was you know I wrote I, I I I commented on your on the page. There was a couple of really freaking funny parts, but uh, no, that you did a great job, man. I, I I did appreciate the then and now pictures. Oh yeah, <laughs> except for you know what I'm glad about that you did you didn't do is you showed then pictures of uh, oh I'm gonna get my boss kicked for for forgetting her name. I'm terrible at names. What? But uh, the blonde from uh, Night of the Demons, the original? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Linnea Quigley? Yeah. I'm glad you didn't show one of her now. Because from what I've seen, oh, she just kind of looks like a harpy. She doesn't look too bad, but her she looks very skeletal now. Well, and isn't she like all like, she just looks worn out. Oh, well, no, <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. She's just like she's, uh, well, I mean, obviously, I don't know how old she is, but, but man, she just looks like she's been living the, living the, Living in the fast lane in uh, La Vida Loca for a long time. No, 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 no. I will not say that she's been living La Vida Loca or with Ricky Martin. <laughs> she's been shacking up with him. Sick. Hey, but well, I don't know. I don't know which one's prettier. What? <laughs> hey, as far as that goes, I've been getting requests for uh, from my friend Anthony and Melissa and a couple other people about <laughs> doing a Silver Fox episode. Uh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm not sure I could. Um, I could host that one, but I could definitely film someone else hosting it. Because I don't want to talk about how cute Brad Pitt is now, as opposed to Cutting Class. Oh, man. (laughs) Which? Cutting Class is on uh, FearNet right now. Yep, free to watch. Hell yeah, I'm going to watch that, dude. (laughs) Speaking of Night of the Demons, the remake, which was supposed to come out last October. Oh, yeah. And then it was supposed to come out this past February, has now been delayed until September you know what I hear? I hear the more a movie's delayed, the better off, the better it's probably going to end up being. Wouldn't you say? Oh, hey, um, <laughs> nine times out of the ten, that's that's usually the case. So. Right. <laughs> you know what? Um, this looks like it's going to be campy and stuff. So you know, I'm not going to go in with like the highest hopes. But I'm, well, I know it's going to be good though. It's going to have you know boobs galore. Well, and the thing is, is I don't, I don't. 
it's unbelievable to me that um that any that anybody having seen the original and having seen anything about the new one would expect anything different you know and and uh, i did i did read one bit of good news about this is that they're bringing back the lipstick trick and it's with your girl man no what diora yeah I didn't read that, but that's pretty damn sweet, man. Yeah, I, I read that in uh, the latest uh, Fangoria, I think. And uh, so there you go. I thought you'd be – I figured you'd already know that because uh, you have, like, Diora, like, radar. Well, usually I uh, I am pretty keen to anything that has to do with her titties. <laughs> with her titties. Titties. <laughs> but, uh, no, I did not know that, but now I will look that up. Well, I'll tell you why. The, your radar was a little bit off because I – because they use um, foam titties oh, for man. for the actual so for the actual uh, you know scene, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's understandable, I guess, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, today in the mail I got a autographed copy of Keith Latch's bestseller. Oh sweet man! And I'm gonna tell everybody right now, man. Everybody needs to go to KeithLatch.com. Uh, he's written four books. The guy is just a really cool dude. Just super yeah. nice. Definite friend of the show. We love Keith. And he's a he's a really great author. I mean, awesome dude. Everybody should follow him on Twitter, man. Go to his website, buy all his books. Also, yeah, one of I was gonna say another one of his book that, books that is awesome is uh, Cemetery Things. I, I read all I read through that in like a day and a half. I mean, it's kind of short, but it's a badass story as well. Yep, and he uh, wrote a ghost story, no small thing. So I mean, he. And, he has well, plenty he, of material. He also has like sleepwalkers out there, and uh, uh, there's, a, there's, I think there's one more big one. Oh, oh, yeah, he's he's been working on a lot of different projects, such as uh, a sci-fi project called Omega Earth Zero. And you, the, the the great thing about Keith is is that he puts all his stuff out in podcast form too. Oh, and yeah, and he reads it on there. It's awesome. Isn't it funny? He kind of sounds like a like a dirty old Southern guy, right? Like a, <laughs> like a big burly manly man. <laughs> well, after you know? well, after seeing uh, his picture online, I did, yeah. I guess I didn't put the voice together with his picture. Yeah, he just he looks normal online. Well, I mean, as normal <laughs> as a southerner can look, right? But I right, just kidding. You're saying his voice, his voice isn't normal. Oh, dude, it's like, oh yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's normal. I'm sure for down there, but I remember it shocked me the first time I heard it. Mike from Cadaver Lab. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just kidding, Keith. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, he's awesome. I mean, everybody needs to go there. I mean, I won this book from him, and I, I'm just super stoked, man. I mean, yeah, dude, hold on to that book. That'll be worth money. That this, that, guy, that guy's going places, man. Oh, I, dude, I mean, I've been listening to the uh, the podcast, and, yeah, I mean, his writing's awesome. I ha- this, will be, this will be the first time I've actually read it, though. Oh, right. Cool. But, no, I, I really dig his stuff. Yeah, there was uh, there was actually um, he had a couple of he had a guest host read for him on uh, on uh, Cemetery Things the pod or was it pod or was that or was Omega Earth Zero, um, yeah that uh, they really did a great job reading for him. I don't know if you've heard it. I don't. It was, think I, I don't it think was me. Was he really? Yeah, I've I've done that. The thing is, his stuff is so good. I didn't hear I that. Mean, it's it's well, I don't. It, it, that was a long time ago, and he's changed around a lot of his feed stuff and. And whatnot, but I don't know. I think he's. I think he's a talented writer. I think you know what's amazing to me is the fact that there are so many talented writers that that just don't that, that aren't big yet. You know, like I mean, we have like Robert R. Best and and Steve Wands and you know guys like Keith and and uh, there's a guy that lives up the street from me named David Dunwoody, and it's like 
how are these guys not household names? Well, you know? not only that, but as Hollywood keeps churning out these freaking remakes, these guys are writing all this original awesome material that could be Absolutely. made into freaking movies. Of course, I say that, so like when they hit it big, they'll like be, man, I remember that Mike. He was really nice to me. I'm going to give him a million bucks. I'm, I'm telling you. Because they'll just be so rich. I'm telling you right now, as uh, Steven Spielberg sits there and listens to episode 52 of Cadaver Lab, <laughs> wise up, bitch. Fucking yeah! Make a. I'm telling you, man, make a movie out of something that hasn't been done yet. <laughs> Just tell Spielberg to wise up, bitch. I did. <laughs> hey, you know what? Drop that labouche, little pussy, and freaking get with the picture, man. Dude, what has he done with labouche? What did I say, labouche? You yeah, you said I thought you were being funny, like like a like a cross between labo lab. Le, how do you really say it? Labouf. Labouf and well, Ladouche. And you know what? That was actually a genuine mistake, but I'll play it off like it wasn't. <laughs> okay. But no. Well, then I'll make sure to edit that out so you seem smooth. <laughs> he did, he did uh, what, the Indiana Jones movie. Oh, that's right. That oh. And he did another one with him, too. What the hell was it? Didn't Spielberg produce Eagle Eye or something? Well, I don't freaking know. I didn't see that movie. I didn't either. We'll have to ask Sam. <laughs> he, oh he, man! He, he has the Sam has the only print of uh, Labouf laying on that bearskin rug, and his leopard thong. <laughs> he actually got a picture of Julie doing that, but he took Julie's face off of it and put Shea's na- uh, face on there. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she has got some nice titties. Nice. <laughs> just kidding. I used to I used to love calling him back in the day and just giving Sam much, so much shit about Shia LaBeouf, man. I, I don't I don't I think he just I, I I just hope in in the back of my mind somewhere I just hope that he's just giving everybody shit. But uh who knows. <laughs> Whatever. Cool. <laughs> well sweet today uh we're going to be talking about uh three choice films from uh Full Moon Productions. You know the thing is is this episode in in, in I'm asking this might be a good idea. Tell me what you think. Um I these are we're gonna do three full moon pictures now. Obviously, full moon productions or or whatever you call it is has hundreds and hundreds of movies. You know, I assume there's hundreds and hundreds. But you know, we just chose three of them, uh, three movies, and I actually had hadn't seen two of these. So I'm glad that we picked a couple of these. Um, you know that I hadn't seen because you know I try try to use the podcast as an excuse to watch movies that I haven't seen yet. But anyway, this isn't your word. Maybe what we should do is, uh, you know, do a full moon part two and, and so on and so on, you know, eventually. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think that's a really good idea because their catalog, it's like Troma. Their catalog is huge. Oh, and you know what the thing is, is just like Troma, they kind of have the same, not really the same per movie, but it, it's like, I actually watched Puppet Master as well. And uh, I threw in subspecies for a while as so I was falling asleep one night, you know, just to kind of, just to. You know, just because I was done watching the movies for the show, and I wanted to throw in a couple more full moon just in case you know we brought those up or anything. But they kind of have their own feel to them, you know. Obviously, the ones that uh, that Charles Band, who uh, uh, you know who runs that company, produce the ones that they produce. I mean, because they, they have just taken some and they've just uh, distributed them for you know or whatever. But uh, you know, the ones that they make have this like feel to them, in my opinion, that it's like ah, oh, make it just. It just warms my, you know, gives me a warm and fuzzy uh, boner. What? <laughs> but, uh, no, but I'm serious. And, and every time we, I, I'd throw on a DVD, you know, that full moon logo would come up, and, I, you know, I just, I just have to smile. Yeah, well, and I think what it is is, well, for the most part, uh, there are smaller productions either have that 
Tales from the Crypt TV show type feel, or, yeah. or they have that like AV high school AV club feel. <laughs> you know, and that may be it too. And that's what it is, uh, man. It's like nostalgia. It's like, hey, the, I could have made this movie back in back in class. You know, and and a lot of the movies only have like three point whatever on IMDb. Uh, you know, but the thing is, is they're it's kind of like it's kind of like you know if you go into trauma, people say. Oh, I I don't really like trauma movies. And you think, well, how can you just say that about, you know, 500,000 movies that trauma's put out? But you know, it just has that vibe. But if so if you like Full Moon, you know, I I don't think that uh, the 3.1s or whatever are going to affect you. I think you're going to like them. I think you're going to enjoy them. In fact, I I enjoyed watching all three of these movies oh, yeah. that we that we're going to talk about this week even though I didn't like I didn't think they were like freaking excellent or anything like that i I, we can get we can get into this in a little bit but i I, the imdb ratings were bullshit on some of these Uh, yeah i and i agree with you there uh you know what oh a couple of i don't know how long ago it's probably been a long time now but uh james over the dry blood podcast did a i think he did a couple of episodes right in a row about full moon where he really went in depth and talked about uh you know some of the more popular ones like uh uh trancers and you know subspecies and a lot of those other ones i mean some uh, you know and uh problem is, is it's not available on the net right now he had to take it down well i i emailed him today and i'm like dude we got to make those available because some of those old episodes are, are kick ass, you know. And I was actually just going to point everybody to them to, you know, for more info on Full Moon. But but uh, hopefully me and James can work something out where we get all those available. So, um, all, you know, all the old ones available because, um, you know, he did a great job with that. And, but uh, I think I think we should do it maybe, you know, if we if there's ever a, an episode where we kind of run out of stuff to do for a while or, or Whatever we feel like doing another full moon, let's do it. Let's do part two, part three, whatever. Oh, absolutely, man. I didn't uh, his uh, his podcast. I for some reason cannot get that to download ever. Oh, really? Yeah, he's had some issues with it. In fact, um, it's like it's really hard to get it to work through iTunes. But uh, it, I don't know. Hopefully, I even offered to to uh, work with him to get those on like a new feed and everything. And uh, James, if you're listening, we need to do that so people can get it because, you know, especially some of those old ones, man. I mean, uh, I mean, not that your new ones aren't great, just the old ones. I, I I'd like to revisit. You know, there are very few podcasts whose old episodes I'd ever want to revisit, but James does a great job, and I definitely want to download some of those. I could I could have just uh, listened to him and not have to do any notes or studying. <laughs> for this episode, we could just, we could just dupl- duplicate his audio and just put it up, <laughs> just like tweak his voice a little, <laughs> make it sound a little like a stupid asshole, so people will think it's me. <laughs> um, I actually, I really want to listen to his show though. So, if it, oh, yeah. if it, if it, if I can get access to it, I will listen to it. Well, you can go to dryblodpodcast.podomatic.com. Basically, you have to you have to get the RSS feed. And actually put it into, manually put it into iTunes for some reason. I don't know what it is anyway. Oh, okay. I'll do that. Um, I'll check it yeah, out. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll work something out though so we can get, we can get a better solution for that. Because that's kind of irritating that his show's no, not easier to get. <laughs> anyway. Hey, did you know that uh, Fear.com was a full moon movie? No, I didn't know that. I didn't either. That's, that's probably one of those ones that was just distributed by Full Moon, though, wouldn't you think? Because that doesn't seem like it was produced by Full Moon. Well, it was a way bigger budget. But it was produced by them. Uh, well, yeah, it was on their uh, it was on their uh, uh, Charles Band's IMDb. Really, but but was it? Uh, did he produce it, or did he just 
distribute it, really. So they, wow, I never would have guessed. Because some of the movies here, like uh, we're going to be talking about Witch House that had a $250,000 budget. And uh, what, what? Was, what was the other one? Yeah. The Dead Hate the Living had like $150,000 to make it. And uh, I'll bet that had like in the millions, maybe not like in the high millions, but. <laughs> not like Avatar. <laughs> Oh well, of course not like Avatar, but but uh, <laughs> God, I don't know how you could spend so much money on a big pile of shit like that. But anyway, yeah, I know uh, most expensive film ever made. Thank you, James well, Cameron. It's, well, it's made its money back, so I should eat my words because they're going to be making those until we're dead because of how successful that stupid movie was. They should do a crossover. They should have a uh, Avatar Twilight in 3D. <laughs> Dude, sparkling vampires versus blue aliens. Dude, I need I need to make a confession. Oh, uh oh, that's not good, man. What's up? <laughs> I I watch New Moon. You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay. Here's the deal. My wife wanted to watch New Moon, so I'm like, okay, I'll get it for you, whatever. Okay, so I get it, and she's like, why aren't you gonna watch it with me? <laughs> There's no way I'm gonna watch it with you. She says she and she made me a bet. That um, she'll watch every Cadaver Lab movie with me, because some I have to sometimes take in my my laptop and watch it, or you know I have to sit because I like to you know I like to lay in bed and do it, or I can watch it in my office at any time. But it's like I'd rather be in there with her, you know. But uh, so she's like, if you can sit there and and watch it the whole time without making any snarky comments, then I will watch all the Cadaver Lab movies with you. Well, she won. <laughs> I could I couldn't I could not help it. There was a couple things in there that I just, oh, oh, it was bad. What dude. are some examples? For instance, um, um, just the utter dr- drama that was going on with, uh, what's that, the, the werewolf guy's name? Oh, I don't know. And, oh, and you know what else happened? That, what's his name? The werewolf guy comes out with his shirt off, and she's like, yeah, you're buff. And, you know, I have all that six-pack and stuff. So I took off my shirt and started flexing for my wife. She said, "Nice try. Not gonna happen." Oh man! It made me feel that. It's like, wow, you got hurt a guy's feelings like that. You know what, dude? You did you were you wearing your glitter? No, but you know what? You know what I think it is. I think it was the fact that she couldn't see through my manly body hair that's to what, see my six pack. That's what it is. Or it may have been the uh, giant gut. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I feel figure in there. But anyways, the whole thing was just so dramatic, and it was like, you know what? This, honestly, though, this was no worse than. Than any other stupid ass flick chick or chick flick that makes me want to strangle somebody, yeah. <laughs> and I think the the outlashes or the backlash or whatever is just because Pete like Fangoria puts the picture of that uh, dreadlocked guy on their cover, and you know you you read about it on the horror blogs and stuff like that. And I think that's the only well, I don't know because this is that was about as irritating as some of those real those chick flicks that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, Fangoria has been dead to me for about a decade now. So you know, I actually that one pissed me off, and I've I've had this, I've had the, I've been subscribed for forever, and I was I was planning on just kind of, I mean, I I wasn't gonna quit or anything like that, but with all that's happened with Fangoria lately, I mean, I don't know if you've if you've read on Twitter or heard on Facebook or anything like that, what's going on with them, and I don't really even know what's going on exactly. But I, I was just like, well, we'll see. If, if all that stuff pans out, I'll keep my subscription. Because I think they're going to start doing some, uh, working with some other management and stuff like that. But I can't, I, I don't know exactly. It's been a while. Well, I'll tell but, you what. Uh, 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 Horror Hound is stomping their balls in right now. 
Well, and so's Rue Morgue. Oh yeah, I mean that's the one. I, that's that's my probably my favorite out of those three. Rue Morgue's probably my favorite. Yeah, well, but, I I only read Rue Morgue and Horror Hound now. Oh yeah, and ever so often SFX will have like a horror issue that I'll read, but oh, you know what's you know what's one awesome thing that Rue Morgue did too, is without even unbeknownst to us, they they published the fact that uh, we're doing the Salty Horror Film Festival and they published the dates and everything like that. And it's like, wow, we didn't expect that. And we're, we're getting all sorts of emails and support from, you know, people even around here, you know, saying, wow, cool, awesome. We're doing this thing. So that's really so cool. I, yeah, that's I mean, that was cool of them to do. And it's weird that they that they just kind of did it. When, and there's no way we would have known, except for I happened to be flipping through the, the pages one day while I was taking a shit. <laughs> man, that's cool, though, man. Hey, that's free advertising. Well, I assume it's free. Well, well, if they got paid from us, we don't know about it. So, you know, they're either criminals or awesome people. <laughs> the checks in the mail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, God, we got, we got, uh, I shouldn't have brought up the whole new moon thing, man. I might edit that out just, just to save face. <laughs> you know, I don't, I really don't think, uh, you, you, you admitted to watching Twilight at one point, so I'm not sure. You're gonna well, I lost that. a bet for that one. <laughs> I, I can't, what was the bet? Oh, it was, uh, it was that I couldn't grow, I couldn't like. It was something to do with growing facial hair really long, and my wife said I couldn't do it, and I better that I could, and I, and I ended up not being able to because I, you know, the beard started itching a little. So it's I shaved, and she made me watch Twilight. Hey, I'm growing my my goatee pretty long again. Really? Hell yeah, dude, down to my ankles. <laughs> you know what? That's a safety hazard. I'm gonna be like okay. the guy. From- I, I need you to be really careful because there are people who depend on you to come home from work. What if you get hung by that, like on some kind of a some kind of a weird forklift accident? Dude, I can't walk around every day worried about being hung. <laughs> uh, that you know what? Honestly, that has never even crossed my mind before. So, yeah, that doesn't weigh on my mind at all. <laughs> Man, <laughs> uh, do you want to get into some voicemails, dude? Uh oh yeah, let's voicemails. Let's do it. Sweet. Hey, I just wanted to call and let you guys know that I love Johnny. He's so sexy. I mean, I used to like Sam and his barking and all that, but man, I just love Johnny. He makes me. Oh, please keep Johnny on the show. He's very sexy. Did I mention he was sexy? You guys are doing such a good job, and especially that guy who does Slasher Central. He's the best part of the show. I like him the best. All right, bye-bye. Who in the shit was that? <laughs> I'll give you one guess. Uh, the, the, uh, no, I won't give you a guess. It was, that had to be freaking gray. I was just going to say, <laughs> is it gray? Come, come on, dude. Well, I mean, it's not the first time I've been called sexy by a dude, but... <laughs> But it's disconcerting to you. Come on, hey, no, that's a compliment, dude. That was awesome, man. <laughs> hey, that was that was a really awesome call. Uh, I just, <laughs> I, I didn't expect to be called sexy thirty-seven times. Oh, but come on, man. Hey, Alta, you got you, you to get used to that in the wild world of podcast. Hey, I will hear that all day long. Hey, and, <laughs> and if one day if you put my picture on the website, they can, they can actually <laughs> up yours. <laughs> Nah. Dude, I was gonna, I was, I was actually gonna, uh, gonna add all the good stuff, and then I lost the picture you sent over. I'm, I'm an a hole. Well, and, I've, I've got to get all that stuff done, man. Well, and 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 good taste, you really couldn't put a naked picture of me on the side anyway. Well, I was gonna make your dick look like a zombie dick, but uh, I don't think that. Uh, I, I think sometimes my my like family goes to look, and they're like, "Wow, 
That's weird. Well, here's the thing. You wouldn't have to really do a whole lot of editing or anything on that. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Well, I mean, you said you're going to make it look like one. <laughs> um, dude. What? Romero's jealous. <laughs> yeah, dude, we need to stop right there. All right. <laughs> hey, Mike and Johnny. It's, sorry, it's Spooky Bill here. Um, ah, shit, that just threw me off. Of, uh... Oh, calling in because you're recording uh, the Full Moon episode tonight. And uh, pretty cool that you're not going with the traditional, you know, puppet master uh, trancers that everybody always does. Great films, by the way, but, um, you know, I don't know, cover some other, you know, some other bases. I love The Pit and the Pendulum. Um, When I first saw it, this was years, I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm going to have to pick it up because... I really remembered I liked it. Anyway, didn't even know it was a full moon movie. Um, it's a good version. I liked it. I don't remember what other movies you were covering. Um, but, yeah, I really dig full moon. Trauma, on the other hand, I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, I don't know. Just I used to like Toxic Avenger when I was younger. I watched it recently, and I'm like, wow, really? So maybe maybe it was just my mood. I don't know. I just... I just can't say I'm the biggest fan of uh, of trauma films, but I love Full Moon films. Well, okay, let me correct that. Full Moon, as of late, has been really... Uh, uh, well, yeah, they've sucked. Um, the last two Full Moon movies I saw were... Let's see, Petrified. Um, it was about some mummy, Aztec mummy or something with glowing red eyes. Anyway, I couldn't even I I couldn't even sit through the thing. It was so bad. Um, but then I went to the road show, the Full Moon Road Show, a few years ago when they came to Michigan. Um, like the one time they did, they did it after that. Anyway, they came to Michigan, and uh, I picked up uh, Doll Graveyard, which he said, "Oh yeah, it's great, man, dude, dudes. This is this is we're back in form." And no, nah, I. I I didn't see it. Um, but I still have it, and, you know, maybe I'll pop it back in in honor of Full Moon on the Cadaver Lab. Anyway, I'm pulling my pants right now. Pants down right now in honor of Full Moon. Woo-hoo! Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, I'm sorry, man. I've had a long day at work, and uh, i still got another, like, eight and a half hours to go. Um, uh I I just completely lost my train of thought, man. Hey, anyway, uh, great show. Keep it up, Mike and Johnny. Bye. Hey, guys, it's me again, Spooky Bill. The spookiest Bill you know. Anyway, um, I remember what I was going to say. The upcoming uh, Puppet Master, Access of Evil, Evil, I have high hopes for. I hope it, you know, doesn't go the same route uh, as the uh, more recent film films. Um, yeah, and that's all I wanted to say. There we go. Goodbye. Dude, get old Spooky Bill. <laughs> For a second there, you almost called me Sam, but uh, I, I sound like a completely different Muppet half the time. Oh. Dude, good. <laughs> you know it's funny because uh, he bring you know he brings up that same thing that I brought up earlier that uh, it's like they just have kind of a feel to them. I guess not everyone, most of these do, especially like the ones that all came out in the late '90s. You know, 
yeah. Like the bro- the brotherhood. Uh, you know, I remember, you know what? There's one thing I did know that bugged me. It seemed like there were a lot of movies with dudes running around in their underwear. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I'm that, talking that's about? That's true. That's totally true, dude. You know, it's funny because uh, I totally forgot about that till just now. Did you say the Brotherhood? <laughs> well, there's the Brotherhood, and there's some other one where there's there it's like a boys' school, and then there's like like one girl that works there because she or because her mom works there or some, and there's like this evil amulet that this black guy wears, and he walks around in his underwear, flexing his muscles the whole movie. Well, uh, he was talking about that movie about the the was petrified. Yeah, as bad as that was. It was nowhere near as bad as the uh, recent mommy movies. <laughs> you, you know what? I haven't even seen that third one. Oh, I haven't either because the first two were turds. Oh, dude, my wife loves those. Everybody does. <sighs> I, you know, I, I honestly, I'll admit to you that I, that uh, there could be worse movies that my wife chooses for us to watch. <laughs> <New moon. laughs> okay, but I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that guy. Brendan Fraser? You know, uh, yeah, ever since, I mean, I liked Encino Man, because he was in it with uh, Samwise Gamgee. But, you know, not anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a long time. But what have you heard anything about this uh, Puppet Master Axis of Evil? Uh, ever so often I'll read a little thing about it, but, you know, nothing really. I mean. But, uh, that, you know, that's, that was that, uh, Puppet Master seems to be one their, if not their most popular series. Well, I think it has to be their most popular series. Oh, yeah. And. I mean, what is it? This is probably their eighth sequel or something like that. I don't know for sure, but what? But I mean, geez. He said Axis of Evil. I was reading that they're doing a remake of it. Charles Band is, and it's going to be Puppet Master 3D. Are you serious? Yeah. He, he, you know, I came from him himself, I'm pretty sure. Wow, okay. You know, and one thing, too, is I'd love to see that uh, traveling roadshow thing. Oh, it comes through here sometimes. Oh, I, I don't know if it's come through here yet. I might, I, I'm hoping maybe to catch it as some kind of a... A horror convention, or as part of a horror convention, or something like that. But who knows? They they always have full moon people at the uh, conventions. Oh, dude, that would be awesome. I read the um, description for it once, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it just said like it was just crazy and lots of boobs and stuff like that. So, yeah, it'd probably be a fun time. Well, when they advertise that it's going to be, you know, schlock films and boobs, it's <laughs> I'm sold. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm surprised that more people don't just use that to advertise whatever. I mean, let, like, let's say, uh, I'll tell you what, if, uh, like, Whirlpool starts marketing their washing machines as schlock films and boobies on there, Same. then I'll, I'll buy one. <laughs> Hell, I'd watch a Twilight movie if they had that on the cover. Easy. Don't even bring that up, dude. <laughs> well, anyways, thanks, Bill. That was awesome, yeah. man. Hey, guys, this is Alex. Uh, I've called a couple times before, and Mike, you mentioned my blog on uh, the show last week. I wanted to just call and say thanks for that, number one. Number two, um, you know, I've really been enjoying the show. The change in the format has been great. Uh, all the added new content is really cool. Um, it's I've, I've been looking forward to listening to the show even more each week now that all the added content is there. Uh, Johnny, you're doing a pretty good job, and uh, keep it up, buddy. You're uh, you're 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 still under uh, under let's call it a probationary period. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You're still under a probationary period there, buddy. But you're doing a damn fine job. So just keep it up. All right. Uh, the other thing. Uh, oh yeah, the the other thing. When I was listening to the podcast, to the latest podcast. Um, you were talking about blood on Satan's claw and that they were throwing a woman into a lake to find out if she was a witch. 
and that that seems kind of absurd. Um, I don't know. It didn't sound like you guys knew that they actually used to do that. Like, that's something they actually used to do. That was one of those witch tests. If you floated, you were a witch. If you didn't, you d But they would tie rocks to them. <laughs> that was the other part of it. They would tie rocks to them, throw them in the water. If they floated, they were obviously a witch. And if they didn't, they died, but their soul got to go to heaven to be with whoever. So, you know, that's uh, the way... That was that, That's part of that whole... Uh, um, when you get into that kind of uh, demonic, Satanist kind of films and, and stories and kind of stuff, you run into a lot of that. Um, but, yeah, I always thought that was, like, really interesting and strange that, you know, that never really dawned on anybody. Like, well, what do you mean? Well, what? What? What do you mean? If she if she thinks she's not a witch, then she drowns. And, right, okay. Yeah, it doesn't have to make sense. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to call. Oh, yeah, and I listened to uh, the, uh, and of course, I listened to the podcast, and, and hearing that voicemail from Vaughn, like, what the fuck is that guy on? I just want to know, man, what is that dude smoking? Because uh, I want to make sure I stay away from it. What is wrong with that cat? Has, like, did somebody drop him on his head or drop somebody else on his head? Like, what's the, what's going on with that guy? He just seems like he's got some problems. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's a relatively, you know, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy, a perfectly nice dude. He just, you know, sounds like it's a drop on his head if you don't. But uh, that's about it. I'll talk to you guys later. I think Alex is making a big assumption saying that uh, he's he's uh, a nice guy. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love Vaughn, man. Oh, he's great. He's wild, though. Yeah, he, very unpredictable. Makes Makes the podcast world. On edge. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he keeps it edgy, man. Dark underbelly of podcasting is Vaughn. What I like is there's no filter on Vaughn. Yeah. I love that, dude. <laughs> I love that quality. <laughs> well, that needs a big A-hole, but what are you going to do? <laughs> anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Vaughn's a great guy. Um, No, but you know what's funny is uh, I was I was actually reading a couple of ways, you know, because I mean, we talked about the, the, the witch thing last time and we, uh, there was, uh, you know, kind of back in the day of, uh, the whole witching. And I don't think this was the same. It didn't seem like it was the same situation as, as maybe it is, uh, you know, in the inquisition times, but, uh, but back in the day, they used to do a bunch of wild stuff. I mean, in, in, uh, it, I don't know where their logic came from. I mean, I think that would be the, the uh, you know, an episode on its own or something like that. Because it's like, you know, we I don't think we've even done an episode on witches or anything like that. Well, that'd be a good one, dude. Yeah, I, I agree. That's crazy to me. Well, but, and uh, the, putting it in well, the people who, like, prosecuted witches seemed more vile than the actual witches. Well, you know, in, the, in I mean, we talk about that in a movie that we, that, that two movies in a row, base, or two, sorry, two episodes in a row. You know, and it's like, well, I don't know. You know, those guys get all powerful and they become these these judges, and it just goes to their head. And then, you know, they they have this righteous indignation, and and ugh, it's it's just stupid. <laughs> I don't know. We got to see some uh, Bush because of it, though. I love it. <laughs> this episode, <laughs> and if nothing, if nothing else, that's worth it. That's worth the whole Spanish Inquisition to me. Oh yeah, dude, that caught me off guard. I know, huh? Well, because the the first two movies I watched didn't have anything like that. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah. I just think if you would have watched that one first, having these high expectations, then went to the other two, you'd be like, what? <laughs> this blows. 
You know, um, we got a couple more, a couple more uh, voicemails. This next one is is really funny, but I'll tell you why after. Hey guys, this is Smoke TNT. I was, uh, I just want to say something about the House of the Devil. I'll be brief. House of the Devil sucked. Pithy and concise. <laughs> you know, what's so funny is he sent me an email and he he was he was saying about, oh, I, you know, I didn't really like it that much because this and this and. You know, and I didn't really like this. He was being very, you know, well thought out. I'm like, dude, just send it in a voicemail, you know? And that's what we get. <laughs> it sucked. That's funny. You know what? The thing now that now that we put that episode out, a lot of people have emailed me and uh, tweeted me or whatever else that uh, they didn't like that movie either. Right? I was telling and, you. I mean, a lot of people didn't like it. Because I, you know, I, I could have, I would have thought that I would have got strung up for not really enjoying that movie too much. And and like I said, I liked the, I liked the first part of it. I think it had a great beginning of the movie, you know. But then it just kind of dropped off, and I. Anyway, you know I what, man? Know. Not every movie can be New Moon. <laughs> oh, I hate you. Uh, no, hey, uh, no, I, I can, I completely understand why people didn't like that movie. Uh huh. Just, I mean, it, uh, there, there were a lot of things that. From talking to other people, that I can I can see their point. I mean, and like I said, I don't want to sit here and continue to bag on it. So I don't think it's even if a movie's like really really terrible. It's not to me. It's not worth dwelling on on that stuff. But I don't know when, like for instance, like New Moon. I don't want to sit here and keep talking about it, bringing it up, <laughs> and about how that whole werewolf scene was the only good fight scene. I thought there would be more, but now I won't bring that up, or I won't bring up the fact that Michael Sheen was in it, or was that his name Sheen? Yeah, Sheen. And uh, I, I typically like that guy, but he was in this ball sack of a movie. And I definitely won't bring up the fact that they tried to play off that one 12-year-old girl oh. as, like, some hardened uh, vampire. I won't bring that up. And I also won't bring up the fact that I had to see stupid-ass uh, – I can't even remember his name. Richard? No, what, what's the main vampire's name? I don't know, dude. Oh, with Edward? His, with his, Edward with his pasty white shirt off. <laughs> his shirt wasn't pasty white, but – but yeah, anyways, and uh, no, I definitely won't bring up the fact that I want to kick that one girl in the face every time I see her because she's not hot. Which, which one, and, the mouth breather? Uh, yeah, the mouth breather. And uh, I also won't bring up the fact that there's just way too many dudes with their shirts off running around in that movie. It was like Top Gun Part Two. Oh yeah, well, except for these were like little kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? Nice. And I, and I can't, that was the snarky comment. I'm like Ember. You realize that uh, that uh, you're delving into a kind of a to catch a predator area here. <laughs> you're gonna yeah, come home is. and what's his name, Stone Phillips or whatever, is gonna be sitting in your kitchen. <laughs> He's like, "Have a seat." I'll be like, "Oh, I was just coming to 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 warn these kids." Yeah, that's uh, that's what she'll be doing. I was just warning this young man about why not to talk to 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 soccer moms on the internet because uh, we'll ravage you. Thanks. Hey, you just mentioned that Dakota Fanning wasn't very menacing, but I would say, hands down, that she could kick any of those guys in the movie's ass. Well, that goes without saying. I mean, <laughs> I'd, put, I'd watch her versus uh, what the main guy. Oh, okay, and, and, let, and let me bring up one thing, too. I don't, I, I, I you know, and like I said, I, I, I'm not going to bring anything up about New Moon, but I just have to bring one more thing up. Now, is it okay for dudes to call girls hookahs? Um, because, in what context? Like, hey, hooker. No, no, not at no, all. Because I heard the guy from Sh- I heard Shark Boy say that to uh, the mouth breather, and I was like, "Is that okay? Do you, do you do people talk like that?" Hey, that that is a testament to how great a writer Stephanie Meyer is. 
Oh, man. She is the next. Um, well, I, I can't say that without. <laughs> I was going to call her. I was going to say she's the next someone good, but there's no author that I could compare her to and feel good about myself. Oh, but she is smoking hot herself. Is she really? No, I don't know. I've never seen her. Oh. I, I always assume she's some old lady. I Oh, I, dude, I assume that she rides around on like a rascal scooter. <laughs> I'm going to write yeah, about she... sparkly vampires. Well, I'll tell you what. Given the opportunity, my ass would be in a rascal all day long. Yeah, but it might but... It'd be souped up. <laughs> You'd be drag racing. I'd be like uh, running into people's shins and stuff. Get out of my way. We have one more voicemail. And uh, it's actually a very thoughtful voicemail. It's uh, somebody decided that what they needed to do was get the word out on a condition <laughs> that is actually sweeping the nation. And we want to make everybody aware of this. And we want to help everybody to avoid this at all costs. Ladies and gentlemen. This is the Wolfman from darklylit.wordpress.com with an important message about Swamp Ass. Swamp Ass is a common condition often encountered in the geek subculture. If identified and treated at an early stage, Swamp Ass can be completely cured with a simple application of toilet paper, soap, and water to the affected area, often for only pennies a day. If not treated soon enough, Swamp ass can lead to more serious conditions, including confunk, single geek syndrome, and worse, necrotizing ascitis. That's right, if left untreated, swamp ass can progress to an untreatable condition where the skin of your ass will turn black, wrinkle, and slough off one layer at a time until nothing is left but pelvis and colon. Do you want that to happen to you? Of course not. So please, be kind and wash your behind. Remember, when the zombie apocalypse inevitably rises, you don't want to be the only thing they can track by scent. This message brought to you by the Darkly Lit Podcast. Necrotizing ascitis is not a real condition and will not cause your ass to rot off of your own body. The zombie apocalypse will come as soon as Necrovirus T128 is perfected, and your stanky ass will be hunted down and eaten by the soulless legions of the dead, whom God has seen fit to deny a sense of taste purely so that they will not spend the rest of eternity tasting your ass. You have brought this on yourselves, you unwashed heathens. Thank you. Did he really just say tasting your ass? He did. Dude, I I completely disagree with him. I think if you smelled like ass, a zombie would think they were, you were one of their own. Well, listen, I don't know if they're exactly running around smelling like ass. They may be smelling like like a decomposition. Is that the same smell? Uh, maybe a swamp ass. <laughs> that, that could be too. I don't really know. Hey, well, thanks for everybody for uh, calling all those uh, voicemails in. It was I appreciate it. It's awesome. That needs to be a new uh, bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the swamp ass. Let, uh, let me let me throw out a cu- just uh, a couple of um, their URLs. We have, uh, of course, Spooky Bill. Make sure to go to potld.blogspot.com. That's Pathophysiology of the Living Dead, his show. And uh, he uh, he claims he's not smart, but he just plays someone smart on on YouTube. Bullshit. But, uh, but go but go listen to that. He, he does a great uh, job with that. Also, Alex called in bleedfort.blogspot.com. We call, we mentioned that last time. And last but not least, make sure to keep your ass nice and clean by continuing to go to darklylit.podbean.com. Oh, and there's one last there's one last one. Uh, kind of a kind of a um, speaking of, of uh, swamp ass, I th- he probably has this, uh, www.youtube.com slash user slash Kruger Nation. 
and we will be back. Faulkner, Faulkner, Steinbeck, Steinbeck, Hemingway, Hemingway, Calder? Robert Calder wanted nothing more than to be counted among literature's heavyweights. Only problem was, he didn't have any talent. But, waking in the hospital after a near-fatal car crash, he discovers that he now has the ability to write better than he could have ever dreamed. As he lands a publishing contract, the big checks start rolling in and he hits the bestseller list. He understands just what a gift he has received. But when the horrors of his novel start to become a reality, he fears his gift is the ultimate curse. And Robert finds out why they always say it's deadly at the top. Bestseller the podcast version novel written and read by Keith Latch is now available on iTunes. The novel is also available as a trade paperback. Order your signed copy now at www.keithlatch.com. And we are back with Witch House from 1999. In the dead of night, they came to this house, chosen for a mysterious purpose. It is time for a storm. Night's a very special night of the year for me. Tonight marks the 300th anniversary of my ancestor's death. For the crimes of witchcraft, we, the goodly servants of the Lord, sentence thee, Lilith of Fay, to eternal damnation. I remember to tell you all the stuff about this old house. And they say the original Lafay family had this mansion shipped brick by brick to Massachusetts from their state in France. It's haunted. What happened to the lights? No. Anyone. I invoke the spirits of my dread clan. Let's rock.
The IMDb for this is 3.7. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't have interrupted you, but 3.7? Come on! Exactly! That's what I'm saying, man. That is bullshit. Dude! <laughs> 3.7, man. Uh, this was directed by David DeCoteau and written by Matthew Jason Walsh, starring Ariana Albright as Lilith, Matt Rafferty as Jack, Monica Serene Garnish as Jennifer, Ashley McKinney as Elizabeth, Melissa Tate as Maria. I said Tate, not Taint. <laughs> Dane Northcutt as Scott, and Ryan Scott Green as Brad. Who was was Elizabeth the uh, the main bad girl in this? Oh, yeah, she was. She was the one that was hosting the party. Yeah, you know, she was pretty hot, and I don't think she was in anything else. No, she wasn't. She was. She was probably the best-looking woman in this besides the dumb guitar chick. The, the synopsis, on May Day 1998, in the town of Dunwich, Massachusetts, Elizabeth gathers together a group of specially selected friends for a rather odd party. It turns out that she is the descendant of a malevolent witch named Lilith who was burned at the stake precisely 300 years ago. Now, Elizabeth hopes to resurrect her dreadful ancestor and has a very specific and murderous need for the guests she has chosen. The first thing that popped into my mind as I started to watch this is the fact that uh, I looked at the time it ran. It was only 72 minutes long. That's what I saw, too, because I, I, I uh, started the counter. Yeah, and it's like, and I'm not going to give this movie any undue credit, but to me, I like movies that I guess aren't afraid to... Um, you know, get their story out. Don't add any stuff. Don't add any fluff or whatever. I don't mind a freaking 72-minute uh, movie. And the thing is, is this honestly didn't have enough stuff in there to keep it going for 90 minutes. No, I mean, it lacked in parts at a 70-minute mark, at, you know, the 70 minutes. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. But, uh, no, this, I mean, it. when I first started this, it reminded, it reminded me a lot of Night of the Demons. Oh, yeah. But it... It kind of lacked the charm that Night of the Demons had. Well, it seems like it was a little more polished. Like the, uh, it, it's funny I say it, like the, it seems a little clear. Like the the tra- the video was clearer. The cinematography wasn't like so great or wonderful. And it's not like the, you know, for instance, uh, I found a new game that I could play. It's called the Spot the Boom Mike. <laughs> but but no, I, I hear you. I, I understand. Full Moon. Don't don't you think they seem to kind of have this. Uh, I don't know, kind of a clean look to them, no matter how bad their movie. Well, especially the ones in the '90s. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all the same look. Well, yeah, like I said, it reminds me of Tales from the Crypt, the TV show. Yeah, like it's filmed almost the same way. No, but no, I, this is a really cool movie. Uh, basically, they get to this house and they they hold a séance, but it's a little bit different than Night of the Demons because they have a huge pentagram on the floor, and right, one of the guys starts to flip out because he starts. Uh, having visions that he's the witch and everybody's about to burn him at the stake. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically this couple goes off and they they seem to be kind of fighting over... Uh, the girl thinks that he's in love with Elizabeth or something. He, he She thinks that he has the hots for her. Right. And, and after about 30 minutes of trying to find a room to bang in, <laughs> they, uh, they stand there and they say, hey, so what do you want to do? And at that point I wanted to punch them both in the face. <laughs> because I'm, yeah. I said, why? I was thinking, why did you go to this room? You spent thirty minutes looking for the damn thing. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, all hell breaks loose because she brings back this uh, demon with his huge, huge ass teeth. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Okay, so so here's here's kind of uh, my overarching thoughts of of the of this movie itself. First of all, it was not only was it really short, but it, it kind of seemed like an episode of I don't know, maybe maybe even a Buffy. Or something like that. I mean, except for better, except for worse. <laughs> you, you know, it was it was probably, I don't know. It it, it all, did it almost seem like made for TV to you? I mean, they dropped the f bomb a couple times, but I mean, there's a couple times you thought you were going to see boobies and you didn't, and they hit it, 
or, you know, and there wasn't just like a lot of, uh, you know, and I'm saying all these things, but I really enjoyed this movie. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and have people think I'm bagging on it. No, it, it um, was very entertaining. Well, you know, it had, uh, it had some, uh, great scenery, you know, uh, settings, uh, even though the, the basement is, is kind of, it was kind of far-fetched or whatever. But I mean, the house that they were in was really cool. Apparently, witches really like George Washington because they had like a, a portrait of him up in the house, stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, as far as a movie itself going in and, 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 I mean, let's be real. The, uh, the dialogue was really cheesy, you know, and, and some of it was just really, really bad. And, um, you know, there were, there were some really hot people in there, like like good-looking chicks, but they seemed still kind of in that gettable range, you know? Oh, yeah. There, there, there's no chick in this movie that was just, you know, drop-dead gorgeous. Well, oh, yeah. But, you know, and the thing is, is basically, I, it's, it, it's kind of like one of those things that if I were to, if, I, if someone were to ask me on the street or at work or whatever, hey, should I watch this movie? I'd be, I'd be like, well, it's really fun, but it's stupid, has terrible acting. And some of the situations that they found themselves in were just kind of retarded. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. And but I mean, I like I said, it sounds like I'm really, you know, kind of kind of coming down on this movie. But but I, it was just fun. You know, it was enjoyable. Well, and there was this. I can't remember the name of the character in the movie, but she was the girl with the glasses who I thought was the hottest in the movie. Oh, I th- I thought Elizabeth was. Oh, you know, she was really cute too. Yeah. But th- this girl didn't seem to link up with the story because all the people that were there had the same last names of the ancestors who burned the witch. Oh, right. So, and, that, and, and apparently it was some like big, big thing to bring all the ancestors who, uh, of the people who killed Lilith 300 years ago. And yeah, she didn't quite fit in, but it was really cool though, because they kind of had a little bit of a twist there. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't M. Night Shyamalan material. Well, thank goodness. What because... the twist? <laughs> I didn't understand why the blonde girl, the you know, the one with the moose knuckle. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand why she brought an electric guitar with no amp to a party. Well, and uh, she was. Uh, uh, if I would, if I would have laid odds on who whose boobies we're gonna see, I would have guessed it was gonna be hers, but nothing. Well, that or the chick who was having sex. <laughs> You know, there was even a part where where um, they were in there making all sexual noises, and uh, like the stoner and I can't remember who else it was, but the stoner and a couple of the people walking. Somebody looks in there and sees kind of stuff going on. He's like, he said something so funny, something like, uh, "Did you see anybody's breasts?" <laughs> <laughs> Just he, like what he did. He said breasts, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. No, that is tacky, dude. <laughs> you know, this is this was a really enjoyable movie for what it was. I mean. It, yeah, it was fun. I, d- I never go into a trauma or a full moon movie and think, oh, this is going to just blow me away. Well, you can't. No, I mean, you can't do that. And I think a lot of times when you when you set yourself in that kind of mind mind frame or whatever, yeah, I think it helps you out because, you know, this was better than I expected. Well, you know what the thing is, is, is both the writer and the director were uh, have done a lot of full moon. Um, for instance... Uh, David D. Coteau, he directed Voodoo Academy, The Brotherhood, some, and I think Final Stab was a full moon. I can't quite remember, but uh, he did he did the Retro Puppet Master. Did he really? And, yeah, and, and he did a lot of of um, a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe based movies that I haven't seen. In two thousand seven, he directed The Raven. Two thousand eight, The House of Usher, and in two thousand nine, he did a um, a Pit in the Pendulum. 
film, and I haven't seen any of those. So basically, he's, at, he's like the Roger Corman of uh, Full Moon. Well, except for I don't know, I don't, I haven't seen enough of these movies to to really kind of find a feel for him because the Retro Puppet Master in this were were pretty different. I I, I loved the Retro Puppet Master. And I don't know why. I never saw but that. He one. he also does. He's also directed the the Axis of Evil, coming up. So really, yeah, and uh, the writer. Jason Walsh, who did this, actually just wrote uh, wrote a lot of these the same stories that uh, or a lot of these movies that uh, David directed. So it seems like they're kind of company men when it comes to Full Moon. Uh, David DeCato, I don't know how you say it, and I feel like an ass every time I mention. Sounds right. Try to pronounce it, but anyways, um, he actually directed one of my all time favorite movies. Um, I saw it at USA Up All Night. Uh, and uh, it gave me good. I was probably like a little kid. I mean, I, I know I was a little kid. I was probably like I don't know, maybe ten. And I watched a show called Doctor Alien. Have you ever seen that? No, I never even heard of that. Wow, it gave me like awesome dreams for a very long time after that. <laughs> let's, let's just say that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody, look up that movie. It's uh, about an alien who comes to Earth, and she's really hot, and uh, she. I can't remember exactly, but it's her mission to have sex with dudes. Hey, that's that's pretty sweet. It's unfortunate you saw it on USA, though. Well, it, it, when I was 10 years old, it it, uh, it did the trick. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, speaking of that, the memory count on this was no titties. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, I was really bummed, man. I mean, I don't need that in a movie, but when a movie has such promise of that kind of thing... Well, exactly. And I mean, we've mentioned a couple times where movies maybe it would be, you know, be kind of inappropriate or maybe be distracting or whatever. But this is like this kind of movie is made for that. Exactly. Like Night of the Demons, you know, that movie delivered. Well, yeah, right. I mean, but that's a come on. That's a classic. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to continue to compare this to that. Oh, no, no. This movie (laughs) after the first after the seance, it completely to me, it separated. I mean, it was never on par with that anyway but they the stories right. are definitely different some of the set pieces like like i said the, the basement they kind of reminded me of like uh, you know how you go to like a haunted house or a spook alley or whatever and they they set up you know these creepy atmospheres or these rooms where you walk through it kind of seemed like that you know it didn't it didn't really seem genuine but it seemed it, it seemed cool it was fun to look at you know <laughs> and it, and it kind of had that uh you know just kind of that fun uh, vibe to it you know the it wasn't a whole heck of a lot to the story a lot of the characters were were terrible i mean it was it was i thought it would it was going to be impossible to do a six degrees but it ended up actually being pretty easy but i mean you you'll never hear from any of these people again you know but uh having said all that i would watch this movie in a heartbeat again what would you what would you give this um, I would, I would, you know, and that's, and this is difficult because it's like, it depends on who I'm talking to. I would tell them either to buy it or to rent it, but I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, you know, pick this one up if you can find it in a cheap pan. I, I found this for $2 and. Well, there you go. If you can find it cheap, it's a buy, but otherwise I would give this a red box. Yeah. But no, it's, uh, it was definitely really good. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes you just need to sit down and, you know, not think. And just be entertained. Oh, yeah. And this was a good Absolutely. one to do that with. I completely agree with you, for, especially for being a horror movie about about an ancient witch and stuff. This, I mean, there was really no real darkness to it. I mean, it's not like it bummed you out. You know, it uh, it was just you know, just kind of fun. I got a uh, I got a six degrees. No, let's see it. Let's hear it. Monica Serene Greenwich or Garnish. 
was in Tomcats with David Ogden Steers, who was in The Majestic with Bruce Campbell. Oh, dude, let me drop you. Let me drop mine. Marissa Tate was in Last Resort with Jeremy Glazer, who was in Good Dick with Tom Arnold, <laughs> who was in McHale's Navy with Bruce. Oh, dude. I I don't think I'd ever see, I'd ever want to see a show called Good Dick with Tom Arnold in it. Dude, that sounds like a podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Good Dick Podcast. <laughs> with Tom Arnold. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be perfect. Um, uh, I learned a bunch of stuff for this one, let's dude. Let's hear it, man. First of all, they'll make sequels out of any piece of shit in the world because this spawned Witch House 2 and Witch House 3. <laughs> um, I, I already mentioned uh, that I learned a fun game called uh, Spot the Boom Mike. <laughs> that was huge. Uh, Marilyn Manson, the shaky head thing that he does in all his videos, he stole from this movie. Oh, that, I didn't expect to see that in this movie. It seemed kind of uh, ahead of his time with that. Well, it's funny because it, it was just in these, uh, Just you mentioned the guy having flashbacks of being back at the witch trials and whatever, and uh, it, wasn't, it was during those flashbacks where you saw these three guys sitting on the this uh, little torture thing or something, and they were just, like, shaking their heads really fast, and I kept, like, actually singing, like, or, like or remembering that Tool video with, uh, you know, those claymation guys or whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, sober? <laughs> anyway. Sober, yeah. And uh, let's see... Uh, well, yeah, witches, you know, they're actually really not magical. They actually just have access to the dark side of the force because the lasers that come out of their hands <laughs> look like the same ones that uh, Emperor Palpatine has. <laughs> in the way, in the way she was floating too, man. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly. Great. That was that wasn't witch levitation. That was just like, oh, I don't even know. That was like the, it was it was the force. That was like David Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, my last one, I mentioned this, is that uh, witches love George Washington. Uh, you know, I didn't notice that. Or the boom mic, so I need to go back and watch this. Oh, my gosh, dude. I swear I saw the boom mic like four times. Nice. I'm <laughs> going to check that out. And you got to watch it because it's funny because the, the scene where the, the George Washington portrait's up, it's when the blonde girl and the like the, the, good, boy, the good guy, you know, the... the uh, the electrician or whatever he was going to school for, some kind of engineer, were running around. They were alone. And then they stopped to talk, and they were just like, you could look at George Washington for like five minutes in a row, looking <laughs> right at it. I was like, oh, that just seems weird to, to have in the decor of a of a you know, an old witch's manor. Anyway. You know what? The To the point of the electrician, that yeah. was the most blunt use of foreshadowing I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Because when he was explaining all the stuff about the wiring, I'm like, oh, this is going to come back later. We're going to hear about that later. Well, well, I was waiting for him to say, yeah, you know, it actually probably would create a great way to kill a witch. <laughs> wink, wink. You know, <laughs> might as well have done that. That was that was pretty much, that was, yeah, that was pretty much how they did that. Yeah. I learned Not a, to spoil uh, the movie. <laughs> I, uh, I learned a few things. Oh, let's hear it. I, I learned there's no such thing, no such thing as the overuse of a strobe light. Yes. Um, saying "you go, girl," that is never appropriate. Don't do it. <laughs> Did you notice that when uh, Jennifer, or it, yeah, Jennifer's walking down the stairs, the guy, the guy's like, "You go, girl." No, don't. That guy should have been bitch slapped by whoever's standing next to him. Dude, you know what's funny is, is uh, let me add something to to that. Um, it is never appropriate to say "shut up and kiss me." Oh. <laughs> Oh, or, or I just went. Oh, come on! And it's never appropriate to use the word breasts, <laughs> ever. If, if you're if you're like 
Say anything else. Especially the way that guy said it. He just like this stoner horn dog. Huh. Um, did you see anybody's breasts? And he, he said he said anybody's. I know. There were there were a girl and a guy in there. I mean, he didn't say hers. He just said anybody's. It's like he would have accepted. I did. I did see his. Uh, his uh, chest region. Well, you know, oh, awesome. We're given so many good words, you know, bangers, knockers, titties, boobies. Come on, breasts. <laughs> Who wrote this? Well, it had to be a chick that wrote this. Now it's a dude. <laughs> <laughs> I also learned that uh, collection plates kill demons. Oh yeah. And <laughs> lastly, I learned you can give demons the shocker. <laughs> As- <laughs> I don't think it's the way you that people are thinking it is. I do have uh, one who else said that, but I think it's really stupid. Well, sir, dude. <laughs> but I'm going to say it. Uh, there was a line that said, uh, well, take a look, dickhead, because I'm about to claw your eyes out. <laughs> That's what Grimace said to the hot dog wiener schnitzel guy right before they had a fast food Royal Rumble. <laughs> That's terrible. That's good, man. I like that. <laughs> No way. <laughs> I have one who else said that too. And okay. and mine's way worse. <laughs> uh, I know Elizabeth and this is one of her not so funny jokes. That was Michael yeah. Jackson when he was invited to Elizabeth Taylor's eighteenth wedding. <laughs> At least yours was Lucius didn't uh didn't like have uh spokespeople for uh fast food chains in it. Dude, I, I would totally watch that on pay per view. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Grimace versus the dickhead. <laughs> How cool would that be, man? That would be so funny. Oh, man. Who gets your kick in the balls? Uh, you know, I, let me see. Brad, and he was the guy that went off in the room with that chick. He gets the uh-huh. kick in the balls for looking for a place to bang for 20 minutes and then kissing for another 20. Are you well, and that's Well, and that's another thing why it kind of seemed like a, almost a made-for-TV type thing. Well, it's funny because part of it seemed like it was, but a lot of it seemed like it wasn't. They just sat and kissed for an hour. Oh, yeah. And it's like it's like that's what they do in, like, Buffy episodes. And also the, the intro credits seemed like a, like a, what was that one TV series, uh, Tales from the Dark Side or something. It was just kind of thrown together with wild, you know, special effects and, and whatever. It just kind of seemed kind of hokey. Yeah. To, I, I kind of had to settle in for a while before I could really start to to uh, enjoy the fruits. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, enjoy it, kind of get used to what's going on, get, prepare myself for the rest of the movie, I guess you could say. Anyway. Well, do you have anything else for this one? I've got nothing else. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the Pit and the Pendulum. Word. Purple physiology of the rotting zombie education. Do you like zombies? Zombies, man. They creep me out. Do you like science? No, you can't play with it. You won't enjoy it on as many levels as I do. Then join me, Spooky Bill, over at Pathophysiology of the Living Dead, where we'll talk about the human body, how it functions in life, what happens to it in death, what continues to happen to it after death, and what would have to happen for it to reanimate and become a zombie. So, come on over to www.youtube.com slash user slash P-O-T-L-D. Or potld.blogspot.com.
back, and we have uh, The Pit and the Pendulum that uh, came out in 1991. The makers of Puppet Master and Reanimator take you to a time of madness. Ow! Have mercy. Arrest her. An inquisitor's lust, a woman's innocence. His battle for her soul will create evil's ultimate weapon. Look up. The pit and the pendulum. No one escapes. No one. The pit and the pendulum. Now on video cassette from Full Moon Entertainment. It was directed by Stuart Gordon. Of course, uh, we know Stuart Gordon for um, all of his awesome freaking movies. Um, most notably, Reanimator from Beyond. Uh, he actually did a couple, or he at least did one other uh, Full Moon picture, uh, Castle Freak. He he directed that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, did you know? Have you ever seen Dagon? Uh, no, that's the one with the weird creature on the front of the box. Oh, uh, it's it's about it's kind of a Lovecraft. It, well, it is a Lovecraft uh, story of uh, I think it's I can't remember the name of the story that it's kind of based off of, but it's about the, these. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't remember the name of the story it's based off of. But anyway, it's about the city of fish people. It's really cool. Did he do that one? Uh, yeah, he directed that one. And, and, and one last one, uh, I can't remember who it was today, but they said they were about to start watching this. It was called King of the Ants. Oh, it was um, um, Misfit Boy. Oh, was it? Well, that was that's a that movie is. I really freaked me out. Man, have you seen that? No, I know. I've, I've seen Empire of the Ants. Well, King of the Ants is if it's the movie I'm thinking of, and I hope it is, or it's a dumbass. Isn't real? I mean, it's just it, it, it's. Uh, has Norm in it from Cheers, and uh, what's that one? Oh, she's pretty hot. She was, uh, she's in a couple of the Prophecy. Uh, is it later on? Uh, I'm trying to think of her name. Is it Jennifer Gray? No, 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 no. It was. Uh, she was in. She was in Hellraiser Debtors. Oh, I know you. Oh, damn it, dude! I can't think of her name right now. Um, yeah. Anyway, she there. There's one part where she has a giant dick in it, and there's another part where this big. Like like Jabba the Hut monster eats his own poop. <laughs> so oh, it's Car- awesome. Carrie Word, dude. Who? Yeah, Carrie Word. Carrie Word, that's, right. that's it. And uh, yeah, right. her and George Went, man, that sounds like a winner. Uh, dude, it was it George uh, George Went plays uh plays a freaking psychopath. Oh, and uh, he was good in Family. He, oh, that was a good. That was a that was an awesome Masters of Horror. But uh, he also what was it in that movie? There was also I think David Baldwin, like the big one, the like the one that was in. John Carpenter's Vampires was in it. Oh, uh, is that Daniel? Daniel, Daniel? Daniel Baldwin. Anyways, he that movie's pretty good. Check it out. I, I, obviously, uh, not everyone I've talked to likes it, but man, that that movie freaked me out when I watched it. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it on the Netflix queue. Yeah, do it. Um, Pit and the Pendulum was, uh, of course, written by originally uh, was written by uh, Edgar Allan Poe, but I mean, this wasn't an exact adaptation of that. It actually mixes up a couple of his. Uh, of Edgar Allan Poe's films, where uh, the Pit and the Pendulum, obviously, and then uh, one that's called the the ca- the let's see the Cask of Amontillado. Yep, that's right, Am- Amontillado. And uh, I think all that all that had to do was just a small part in this movie, where the part where the, he's uh, sharing wine with that one guy, and then ends up breaking him into this uh, into a, a wall, right? Yep. And I don't know, I, I I'm not familiar enough with that with the. Uh, with the original story to see if there's anything else. Anyways, uh, Dennis Paoli did the um, did the screenplay, and he actually has worked on uh, a lot of Stuart Gordon films as well. He he wrote uh, From Beyond, did the screenplay for Reanimator. Um, he even um, wrote 
1993 Body Snatchers oh. uh, screenplay, but he actually did that with Stuart Gordon, who helped write that. Um, and he also wrote Dagon, stuff like that. But no, all very cool stuff. It's, it's actually really cool to see, I guess, that a lot of these guys work together for quite a while. You know, and uh, I don't know. I, I just think it's it's they seem to like find a couple of people who they like and just kind of stick with them. Uh, the music in this was Richard Band, of course, uh, Charles Band's brother. And uh, Richard Band actually does a lot of music for a lot of films, a lot of stuff that uh, you know, a lot more stuff than I would I would have even guessed. I mean, even non Full Moon stuff. Um, and of course, this was uh, produced by Charles and Albert Band. I assume they're brothers as well but uh, imdb gave this a 6.2 and uh it was starring lance henriksen as as uh, the grand inquisitor uh is it inquisitor no it's inquisitor uh stephen lee played gomez uh william norris played dr husos mark margolis played mendoza's uh carolyn purdy gordon played contest dialba molina god i don't even remember her i don't either Let's see, I wonder if they're just showing him in order. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Benito Stefanelli plays the Executioner. Jeffrey Combs plays uh, Francisco. Uh, Tom Tolles, who, oh my gosh, did he look awesome in this movie. The black wig. <laughs> oh, dude, big, long black wig. And uh, I will say that he still looked better in this than he did in uh, uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer because uh, he freaks me out how dirty he looks in that movie. Anyways, um, Jonathan Fuller plays Antonio and and uh, the tour de force in this movie. Rona de Ricci played Maria. I freaking loved Maria in this. Oh, yeah. Basically, the story starts in 1492 Spain. Uh, a little bit of trivia for you guys out there. Um, I don't know if anybody knew this, but this, 1492 was actually the year that Columbus set sail and discovered uh, America for the second time after the Native Americans. <laughs> it was also the year that uh, Larry King was born. <laughs> Larry King and uh, Dick Clark made their satanic pact to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> that in that year, um, and it, it takes place in 1492 Spain uh, during the time of the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, the Grand Inqu- Inquisitor Torquionada and his goons are basically actively seeking out witches and heretics, and basically that just means they're accusing anybody who they feel like it. Um, and they punish him. Basically, the way they punish him is by torture and I guess torture and more torture. And uh, I mean. Some of this shit was really wild. Oh, yeah. We, we also uh, are introduced to Antonio and Maria, who are a couple of bakers. that They bake some bread, and they're actually, you know, kind of uh, against what's going on with the whole Inquisition thing and the public executions and all that stuff that's going on. The problem is, you know, they hate to go support it, but they have to go out there, and they have to, you know, catch people while they're out and about to sell all their bread. You know, and so even though they kind of feel like they're they're exploiting it a little bit, they they head out uh, to a public execution, and uh, they start selling their bread. Well, it turns out that they end up really close to uh, the actual execution area because uh, uh, I, some kid tried to steal their bread, and, and uh, they ran after him and whatever, and they found themselves really close to where it was actually going on. Basically, are horrified with what's going on. And uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, the executioner's up there, and they're going back and forth. Maria calls out for for mercy. And, of course, uh, none of the people who are are doing this execution are down with that. 
so basically they grab her, they take her to prison, and Antonio, her husband, gets knocked out in kind of like a, a, a scuffle that happens afterward. Um, anyway, so uh, she's brought before the Grand Inquisitor, Torquionata. Anyway, so this brings us to a point where where Torquionata is sitting on his judgment seat, and a couple of his goons bring Marie up to the you know to be judged. And uh, I guess one thing is, is there's some that uh, a lot of these people did to prove that they were a witch is that you know they look for a certain devil's mark. And um, so, what's the best way to uh, look for the devil's mark, Johnny? Uh, well, you, first you strip someone nude. Yes, <laughs> and you look them over and up and down and in and out. And uh, it's funny because, uh, I mean, these guys are so crooked that they're, like, pinching her really hard to try to make a little um, mark so that, oh, there's the mark. You can just, like, totally see him pinching her. Well, that one that one guy was like, well, maybe the mark's inside her. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You freaking perv. <laughs> he was the worst, dude. Well, and it, it's funny because... Uh, I don't know. I don't think it was exactly the mark, but uh, he just, uh, the Torquionata decides that she's a witch, not because necessarily they, that uh, that they found a mark, because uh, he the, she, when they stripped her, he got a boner, <laughs> and uh, the only possible way that a man of God gets a boner is because the woman has bewitched him. So, anyways, uh, you know, and Torquionata is kind of this this just weird dude. Because, uh, you know, later on he goes to repent through pain and he's wearing, what, what, I don't even know what you call that. It looks kind of like a, I don't know, kind of like a giant weight belt or something where there's like these, all these rocks and bones digging into his skin. And, you know, he, he asks one of his people to flog him and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, she gets in prison in a cell with, uh, uh, what's his name? Happy Gilmore's grandma. Oh, no. Named, what, was that, was that her really? Yeah, that was her. You know what else her she's name? from? Um, uh, yes, uh, don't tell me because I can see it. It's, uh, she was behind the desk at a hotel in, um, in the, in the mouth of madness. Yeah, but you know what, like, I remember her from always? Oh, what? Is that she was the Marble Rye lady on Seinfeld. Remember? Oh, she was? <laughs> Give me the Marble Rye, you old hag. Oh, dude, of course I remember. Like, Seinfeld had an episode for every story possible. Like you could you could say any story in the world and you could say oh that reminds me of that uh, old Seinfeld episode and everybody would just nod <laughs> oh yeah that does uh, but her name was Esmeralda and by the way if you name a kid Esmeralda she's gonna end up being a witch so that's stupid that's just a given but yeah well the problem is, is she actually admits to being a witch because she's a midwife she uses herbs to heal people and uh, she's kind of new agey and uh, you know very uh, I don't know what what would you call it she like uses her mind powers to take her out of the pain. Basically a hippie, I guess. <laughs> Which uh, I, I don't I don't condone um, burning witches, but I do condone burning hippies. <laughs> anyway, um, Antonio, Maria's husband, is trying to figure out what's going on. He's told that uh, Maria's been arrested, so he decides that he's going to, uh, to, to save her. Well, the problem is, is he makes a deal with this guy, gives him some money. He ends up selling Antonio out, and uh, he gets t and Antonio gets taken to the torture room for torture. And uh, Maria's forced to watch him kind of get beat and burned and, and whatever else. Um, to make a long story short, Maria tries to make a deal with Torquianada, saying that if she gives, himself, or gives herself to him, then, um, you know, they'll let Antonio live. Well, uh, unfortunately, even though Torquia Mata got a boner the first time, he couldn't get a boner the second time. <laughs> so uh, he gets pissed, and, of course, he blames some kind of a witch thing, and, 
and uh, he orders Antonio's death. So he sets him up in, in this pendulum room, which was which kind of bummed me out. And we'll talk about that later. But the but uh, the the pendulum room was like the only set that didn't look real. You know, it had like uh, Pink Floyd the Wall things like painted on the side and whatnot. Anyways, um, as all this is going on, the the Pope has decided that uh, you know they're not into torturing people anymore, and they're not into this whole. Um, Inquisition type of deal, and he sends a messenger over, and to 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 let him know that this is no longer okay. But of course, the the Grand Inquisitor is gets pissed off because if he can't do that, then what can he do? That's been his job or whatever. And he, of course, he disagrees with him, um, and you know he wants to continue to uh, torture and, and kill and whatever. However, he uh, the messenger comes over. Torquinata doesn't like it. He uh, and that, that's the part that we mentioned where he actually uh, breaks the messenger up in the wall anyways not to give anything else out um i will say uh that uh you know that, that that's basically the the story don't want to give the ending away but i don't know what you think of this i thought it was a, i thought it was a really good flick oh yeah man I, it was a much bigger production than i'm used to with full moon movies uh-huh. like it just seemed a lot you know a lot bigger i i really liked the way the characters Unlike other Poe adaptations, how they they talked like they were like it was 1991 in this, uh, right? Yeah, I mean there was there was it was it seems like it was written by like a 90210 writer or something. But no, I really dug this movie, man. It was really cool. Um, Lance Henriksen, good job as always, man. He's always really awesome. Well, you know, and the thing is, is he played a really tortured soul, and I think that that. He, you, I mean, I think you could take his performance in in one of a couple of ways. You could you could take it as really overacting, you know, or you could just kind of uh, you know, buy into the the persona that he's trying to put out there and um, buy into the fact that he's he he doesn't really know how to deal with real life or doesn't know how to deal with stress and a lot of things freak him out and may possibly unduly freak him out, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I thought I I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know his, his performance, and I, I was kind of bummed about the fact that uh, Jeffrey Combs was in this, but he didn't have a huge role. I didn't even see him in it, man. Are you serious? He was he he was kind of the scribe. He had the he was kind of the he had the uh, the dorky haircut and and uh, I don't know, just kind of the wuss guy. Well, well, he wasn't the one with the glasses, was he? Yeah, he was the one. With the oh, glasses. he was Waldo. Was it? <laughs> I can't remember. No, that's no. He looked like where's Waldo? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and apparently you didn't find him because uh, you didn't know that he was in the movie. Well, no, I knew he was in it, but I just assumed that was uh, the guy that Waldo was based on. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, what are your thoughts? Well, um, overall, this movie, I I put this, and it was a really, really good movie. I put it up there as one of the better full moon movies. Uh-huh. But I don't know, man. This, the IMDb rating, I think, was... Uh, a little too high for it. A six point, what was it, six point six? Yeah, because I mean, in comparison to the other movies we watched, I didn't think it was too far off. Well, here's the difference between these, between I think the movies that we watched uh, compared to this one. This one was kind of more of a serious effort. I mean, it wasn't kind of a throwaway thing. You could, I mean, not that it was so deep and not that it was so effective and dark and whatever. But first of all, I think the, I think that the the uh, themes that it kind of attack were a little bit deeper, 
you know i think they put more effort into um like the the scenery and the in the sets and things like that and i also think that uh it actually had a lot better acting oh it did um from between the other two now i in my mind i would say that i would give this i, I think that i think that the imdb score was right was was right pretty close to being right on however i just think that the other two um were scored by a couple of um you know, a couple of people with their head up their ass. Well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe they need to be bumped up higher, and this one does deserve that rating. Yeah. I just, I feel that they're all pretty, pretty similar. I I don't feel that they're as good as this one, but. Yeah. You know. Well, and also this one, I mean, let, let, let's just talk about the shocking scenes of, uh, first of all, the nudity in this. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, hum to dum to dum boom Awesome foliage. Plenty of bushes. <laughs> Yes. Well, and it's funny, too, because um, obviously I think that if um, you could make a point that you were against the uh, the Spanish Inquisition. Now, whether or not, um, you know, you're down with that or whatever, uh, it, it basically is really harsh on um, that whole deal. Now, I assume that it's right because that's what all of our textbooks tell us, you know. But it, it definitely seemed to have like a point of view, and, and not that it was necessarily a movie where it wants to push its point of view. However, I mean, it, I think it kind of can can uh, you know be seen as a little bit political or or you know anti-religious or, or something like that. I didn't necessarily see it, but I think that it's just um, that that is an element that I think could turn some people off. I don't know. Oh yeah, this is definitely like. I feel that toward the toward the uh, middle of the movie that it kind of slowed down quite a bit. Yeah, and I mean that that's fine and and all because I think they were trying to fit a little bit more story in there, but <laughs> I think it slowed down a little too much for me in the middle. Oh, so so you don't seem to have, have liked this one as much as I did. No, no, I really like this. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I mean I think for a rating, I would give this a buy definitely. Would you? You know, and there were a couple of key scenes that I mean, I say it was basically. Uh, this wasn't exactly played straight up seriously. There were a couple of scenes where it was pretty funny. For instance, there was a, there was a scene where the Esmeralda is being taken to get burned up, and she's like, so, you know, and they're like, usually they like to torture him before they kill him, and and somebody said, sorry, I, you know, we ran out of time to torture you, and she's like, that's yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, and she went and got tortured, and then, and then one of the greatest scenes in any movie that I've ever seen, she eats a bunch of uh, of uh, freaking gunpowder oh, so awesome. and explodes, dude. And bones were like sticking in people's bodies and faces, and that was and all sorts of the best scene in the whole movie. Oh well, you, you take out the nudity, and I agree with you. <laughs> oh, we, I sound like a horn dog this episode. Come on, well, Mike. You know the thing with the nudity in this is, um, I don't want to say it's the same thing, but it, to me, it was like comparable to like a rape revenge movie, where it was never put in an well, enjoyable context. And, and that's true because because she was obviously being exploited. You know, and was, uh, you know, being forced to do it against her will. And, uh, you know, also, Marie as a character is really, you really feel bad for her because she seems to be really pure and, uh, like, just a, a genuinely good person that's being put through this. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that doesn't mean she's hotter than hell, but. Hey, but don't get me wrong, dude. She was banging, man. But, uh, no, but I, I totally agree, uh, or excuse me, I totally understand where you're coming from. You know, if Stuart Gordon had thrown in a scene maybe with her and Antonio earlier in the film, 
which he almost did when they were baking the bread at the beginning. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I kept thinking about the logistics and how that exactly that would work, and I'm like, man, a lot of powder flying around? <laughs> that could get, that could become irritating, cause some irritation, maybe uh, get a fungus infection or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. I didn't know <laughs> if the yeast was in the mix yet or what. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but anyway. Um no, I I like I said, I get, I really enjoyed this movie. I give it I'll give it a buy too. And uh I I really dig these old period pieces. I mean, we talked about it last episode. I think this I think this is a great one. Oh yeah, and when they're done right like this and uh you know Blood on Satan's Claw, it's really cool, man. Uh-huh. They like when you could you could tell that they put thought into it. I mean, besides the dialogue, I thought everything else was pretty pretty straight up. Well, and, and there were only a few instances where you were just like, really? You just freaking said that? <laughs> they were like, oh, well, no, you didn't, girlfriend. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. Well, and there, you know, there was one funny part, too, that uh, it was. <laughs> they were all, like, checking that girl's body out, and they're like, why don't you come and test this out with us? And he said something like, this is not for your amusement. <laughs> I'd be like, man, what a freaking bummer. Yeah, way to be the freaking buzzkill. Hey, the memory count on this was 12. Uh, cool. And it was all that one girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was I kind of hoping we'd see Esmeralda's uh, boobies, but nothing, man. <laughs> we probably did when she lifted up her, her skirt a little so you could see her ankles. Uh. I bet they were really close to showing <laughs> nips. Oh, you thought those were knees. Whatever. <laughs> Look, why does her knees have nipples? Weird. All right, so I got Six Degrees of uh, Bruce Campbell. Jeffrey Combs was in uh, The Dunwich Horror of 2009 with Dean Stockwell, and uh, Dean Stockwell was in McHale's Navy with Bruce. That's two that goes through McHale's Navy, dude. Um, Well, The Dunwich Horror, is that the one, the old one? No, dude, that's uh, it came, there was a... Uh, I, I don't know if it came out for like the Sci-Fi Channel or what, but it came Dean out Stockwell in 2009. Yeah, he was in the the 60s version, or the probably 70s. Watch, well, check that out. I didn't know they did a new one. Eh, it's not that great. Oh, the original was pretty good. Uh, the original was better than this one. Actually, you know what the thing is, is it all depends on how you look at it. The new one, it seems to get more into the mythos of Cthulhu and all that stuff, but, but you know, all in all, it wasn't that great of a movie. It was the kind of cheesy special effects and stuff, but I don't know. I like the old one, definitely. And do you have a kick in the balls? Um, You know, I do have a kick in the balls. Um, Torquionata for that damn weird haircut. He had one strip that goes around his head, and then one little tuft of hair in the front. That is the Homer Simpson. <laughs> well, that, yeah, it's like the that's like the on purpose Homer Simpson. <laughs> man, hey, you know what? If I ever shave my head again, that's what I'm doing. Sweet man, for at least uh, a week. I could still do that actually, even though I'm, you know, because now that I'm shaving, now now I'm going chrome dome. I've <laughs> I've I've committed to that. It's a lifestyle. Hey, well, you have your own secret group now. You and uh, was it Tabraham? Yeah, the we're the Baldies. <laughs> I, uh, my kick of the balls would go to all the henchmen. They were just all a bunch of jackasses. Oh wow, dude! They were just <laughs> just for being just for being douches. Uh, I learned a lot of things from this movie. It was a very it taught me a, a lot of things that I can take into my life from here on out. Uh, first of all, coconuts can make great cod pieces. <laughs> Antonio had a coconut over his balls for some reason. Um, it's, uh, back then it wasn't weird for a big fat greasy dude to say somebody buy my pork standing in the middle of like a town square. Now that dude would get arrested. How times have changed. 
<laughs> and uh, setting a fire underneath a chair that someone is sitting in isn't always as effective as you think it'd be. Nope. <laughs> uh, I have a who else said that. Let's hear it. Uh, this is very, this isn't very tasteful. Oh, but, it's uh, probably but, one I have then, too. <laughs> Mine's not tasteful. Uh, there just wasn't enough time to torture you. Thanks, anyway. That was at David Carradine's Dominatrix when she she learned that she had to catch an earlier flight, which caused David to try it all by himself. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, that's mine, bad. mine actually uses a word I like never use ever. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> but, uh, l- let me do uh, what did I learn real fast. I, uh, oh, oh, let's hear it. I learned sometimes courses, uh, corpses like a nice spanking. Yeah. <laughs> Horses? No corpses. Oh, corpses. I'm congested. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I learned also that the Grim Reaper sometimes puts on dead uh, dead rat marionette uh, marionette puppet show. Okay, yes. Did you not notice that? <laughs> that like, was... The guy was walking by, he had like the, the, the sickle or whatever, and he had the rats hanging from it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> and I learned the origins of corporal punishment. But that... kids getting the crap beat out of them. I don't remember that. When they're killing his mom, she's the witch at the beginning. Oh, that's right. And they're smacking the hell out of that kid. That, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. The, the little kid. I think. Yeah, I think you remember how in the beginning I didn't know who like Countess whoever was. I think oh, yeah. that was. I think it was his mom. That kid's mom. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I have a couple who else said that. All right, let's hear it. I'll see. Uh, Maria, we have our whole lives to love each other, but the bread is burning now. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger when he uh, was getting on the Atkins diet. <laughs> nice, but, yeah, dude. We have a whole lives to live. <laughs> but uh, th- this is the one. This is the one with the word I very rarely use. This is a Vaughn word here. Uh-oh. Uh oh. You'll take some farmer's word that you have ten tits and a cunt full of teeth. <laughs> that was Sam during his vagina dentata investigation. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, and, dude. And uh, one more. Uh, let's see. You can do me a great service. Take me into the castle and direct me to the dungeon. That was Super Mario. Excellent. Actually, I have one more of those. Uh, he can do it at any time to anyone. <laughs> that was Superman lamenting the one power that the invisible man has over him. Oh, man. Wouldn't everybody like to be invisible? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. And be able to do it to anyone at any time. Are you kidding me? Awesome. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I, you know what? I have a. We've been. I've been kind of uh, distasteful, shall we say, so far. But I think this one is really bad. But I'm going to say it anyway because it's it's a funny joke. Now, without giving too many spoilers away, I just will say it. it, it maybe no. I'm just going to say it. Um, actually, Maria, you thought she was awesome at the beginning of the movie. At the end of the movie, she's an even more perfect woman because she got her tongue cut out. <laughs> that was so chauvinistic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Come on. Hey, you know what though? Uh, unfortunately, they had some kind of uh, psychic link. Yeah, he can still hear her nagging, dude. So, so, yeah. How would you like to like get a psychic link telling you to go fold the laundry? Oh, uh, I would not. That would not be good. Leave me alone, woman. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. Uh, cool. All right. So we taking a break? Yep. All right. We'll be right back. If you've got 30 minutes to kill, let us help. Vices and Teramo. Horror movie reviews and more. Check us out. That's vicesandteramo.potomatic.com. V 
V-I-C-I-S-I-N-T-E-R-I-M-O dot Potomatic dot com. We're ready to help you kill some time. with the dead hate the living from 2000. IMDb gave this movie a 3.3, and that is complete horse shit. Uh, I, I really like this movie a lot, man. And when I saw the IMDb, that's the lowest one of all three of these movies. Yep. And, oh, man. So I'm actually kind of shocked that this got lower than um, the the Witch House. Oh, me too. This, this had a much bigger production. Actually, it was this, a much bigger production. No, the budget was $100,000 less, according to Wikipedia. 
Oh, but it looked so much better. Uh, I will not disagree with you there, and I did not see the boom mic once during this movie. <laughs> and this one had some real actors in it. Let's see. Okay, did it? Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Who? I had Matthew McGrory from Devil's Rejects and Big uh, Fish. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah, okay. You're right. <laughs> All righty. Um, the plot synopsis. When a renegade band of young filmmakers break into an abandoned hospital to make their horror epic, they stumble upon a real dead body and decide to use it in their movie. They accidentally bring it back to life, open a portal to the dead world that releases dozens of other zombies to struggle for their lives in a desperate attempt to flee from the creatures who apparently have them hopelessly trapped in the hospital. <laughs> that basically sums it all up, dude. <laughs> I mean, and I don't think it really gives anything away, though, because no. that's that's pretty much on the box. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, this was written and directed by Dave Parker, and it stars Eric Clausen as David Poe, Jamie Donahue as Topaz, now, let who me, was hot. Real, real, dude, and she was pretty good looking. Now, let me ask you, is she famous? Is she anything else? I didn't even look. I, I, you know, looking at her IMDb, I think she's been in a bunch of TVs recently. I, she was in the, I think she was, reminds me of a someone that was in Miss Congeniality. Not that I've seen that. I, you know, the, those are actually pretty funny movies. Oh. I'm probably losing some horror cred there, but. You're dead to me. Hey, you know what? Hey, well, I, I had to get you back. Come on. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, cool. Hey, I think Sandra Bullock is pretty nice to look at. Oh, I should punch you in the dick. Really? I do. I don't. I'm not saying she's like ugly. I just don't like her. <laughs> Except for you know, I did really enjoy the um, that one movie that she just did with the football guy. Oh, I want to see that. That looks so good. Remember how I told you I'm like a sucker for sports movies? Oh yeah. yeah Was dude. it the uh, the the Blind Side? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, did you? Well, this is off topic. Did you hear the Daniel Tosh joke where he said that uh, the chick from or the chick from Precious couldn't be nominated for two Academy Awards since she was also the guy in <laughs> The Blind Side. <laughs> you know, I've not seen that movie, but I've seen her, and that is freaking rude. It is, but it's funny. <laughs> um, this also stars Rick Irwin as Marcus, David Douglas as Chaz, Matthew McGrory as Gaunt, and Wendy Speak as Shelley Poe. So uh, what do you think about this one, man? Well, here's the, here's the deal. This movie, I, again, I really thought it was fun to watch, and as long as I didn't take it too seriously, and like for instance, I watched this one actually with my wife, um, and she was just kept looking at me like, "What are you watching?" But of course, uh, I kept reminding her of uh, New Moon so she can kiss it. But uh, no, but you know, but if you don't take it too seriously, and and uh, you know this, and also this was a movie made for horror fans because there yeah. were all there were all sorts of like. Like um, references to even Bruce Campbell or Dick Miller and Bolchie. You know, oh yeah, all sorts of stuff that uh, you know just kind of harken back to. Uh, you know, I, I, it's kind of a cheap ploy maybe because they're like, oh dude, I bet you if we say Bruce Campbell or Fulci, that all those dumb horror fans will get a freaking boner. And you know what? <laughs> they're right. Yeah. By the way, this was directed by the same dude, or sorry, written by the same dude who actually directed it, so it is the same dude. But uh, he wrote The House of the Dead. No. Uh huh. Uh, it's a different House of the Dead, right? I'm not sure. Oh, that is terrible. Uh, he. he you this know, is a he, million times better than that, though. Ooh. Well, I will say that it it doesn't irritate me nearly as much as House of the Dead does. But even though that cadaver tracks for House of the Dead was was uh, I made that movie actually worth watching. 
But uh, I, I don't know. He, the director was actually the clerk in this movie, too. He was kind of a kind of a dorky-looking dude. Have you seen The Hills Run Red? Because he directed that, too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I bought that not too long ago. Oh, anyway, that was uh, I didn't I didn't really care for that movie too much. In fact, I enjoyed this one more than I enjoyed that, probably only because that one took itself uh, pretty seriously. Well, that uh, and The Hills Run Red for me was the same way. It was just hyped up, man. People were calling it like this generation's Texas Chainsaw really? and crap like that. I didn't and even hear any of that, dude. I, I I didn't care for it at all. No, I mean you know it had its moments, but it like you said it it was I think I thought it was way too self indulgent. Yeah, and it just yeah, it, and I love William Sadler, and I love the blonde chick that gets naked through the whole movie. I do too, but the problem is, is they had like Stifler's little brother play the lead. Is that who and, that was? Yeah, I guess he. I I never I've never seen these, but you know what are those called? American Pie, like you know some of the later ones like Band Camp and some of those other ones. Oh, the DVD, you know, directed DVD stuff. Yeah, he was that, and he was irritating. But this, you know, this movie, I like this movie more than I like that. I I remember seeing this movie uh, when it came out. You know, I, this one went direct to video, uh, I believe. So yeah. I mean, I remember seeing it ten years ago, and not really, um, not really enjoying it too much. I wonder if it was just because I was in the wrong mood, or 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 something like that because if you sit back and just like with a witch house turn your brain off it's enjoyable oh yeah i mean i don't think you're supposed to take this seriously at all and well, even even the references were really you know i don't think they were just like dropping them to i don't know it didn't feel like screaming to me where they made all the references but it was supposed to be taken seriously yeah these seemed all to be just kind of part of the part of the uh i don't know they seem to kind of have like a Almost a wink, wink type of deal, which in some movies are stupid. Where they're like, "Hey, guess what we just said? We're cool, you know, whatever." But yeah. this movie was fine. And I, yeah. I thought it was funny, and you know, this had some pretty good practical special effects. I mean, like the main monster guy, the not not like the not like the leader of them, but kind of the 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 guy that's on the cover. That monster guy, he was pretty cool looking. Oh, you vagina know, mouth. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. yes. Well, but, I had that I had that written down. Uh, uh, the two monsters were vagina mouth and retarded lurch. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, is this movie had terrible CG. Oh, I yeah. mean, when uh, there's a point where a bunch of people get caught on fire, no smoke, no nothing, just uh, CG terrible fire. Oh, but, I loved uh, it though. I loved it. it. It reminded me of something like like we said earlier, something you would see in audiovisual class. Oh yeah, but the thing is, is it's. Uh, as long as people know what they're getting into when they go watch this, I think it's fine. Because oh, yeah. there's not really a heck of a lot to the story. I mean, you get to know some people, um, you know, just because here's these guys are what well, I guess they broke into like a, a, a shut down hospital and they're and they're this guy's making his own horror movie, you know, totally indie horror movies and uh, basically using all his friends and whatever else he can scrap you know, been put together, and I mean, there's little personality things here and there, like he has two sisters, one's a real bitch, and one's pretty cool, but, uh, you know, the bitch, I guess, is paying for it all, so she has to be in it, and blah, 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 you know, a bunch of side things, I don't really know if there's, if, um, I mean, it, it moves the movie along, and it, you know, there wouldn't really be any story if it wasn't for this, or the story would be, they, just like you said, they wake up a dude, because not only do they find a corpse, but they find a uh, coffin-shaped machine that brings the dead back to life, and they 
put a bunch of people in. It's actually a portal to some kind of other world or whatever that we yeah. find out. Anyways, but, you know, simple. But I think in the right frame of mind, it's a fun movie to watch. Oh, yeah. I had a really good time watching this one. I like how in the synopsis that I read, they said uh, they're they're making their epic horror movie. <laughs> because oh, it, it starts off where it's got the guy who's got, it's got you know, he has the, expo- the exposed skull going on. Yeah. And uh, he starts making out with this chick. Well, I mean, she's she what well, she she's like the person doing the autopsy, right? Right. And uh, it turns into this. I'm I'm like, there's <laughs> there's no way they think this could possibly be good. Yeah. Well, and that actually leads to something that I learned about this movie is I learned how much I hate about looking at dudes that are yellow and only wearing a g-string. Dude, that was one of mine. What I learned is uh, never <laughs> never die while wearing a man thong. <laughs> Okay, here's a. I actually wrote down a couple of reviews uh, of this movie, and it's the same movie, but there are just two opposite reviews. And I think it all just has to do with your frame of mind. Fatally Yours, um, here, they said basically, it said it's a straight up one of the best full moon entertainment movies out there. Review went on to praise the director and casting. Uh, they can, they basically just said it's, uh, it may seem like your cheesy horror film but it does have memorable moments that make you happy to be viewing it, which is kind of where I was last night watching it. But but maybe the first time I watched it, I, I agreed more with E-Film Critic has said, easily one of the most absolute worst films to ever smudge a rental source shelf. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Well, it, it's like, you know, come on. But you know what, though? That would be, uh, that would be the kind of person who, you know, if this were released in theaters and they just went into it, I can see that review, but if, you know, I think for, you know, diehard horror fans and stuff, I think this is, it's a real enjoyable movie. Well, and if anybody's familiar with Full Moon, nothing that happens in this will shock you. We'll no, sh- not we'll at say, all. We'll be like, what the, are you kidding me? I want my 90 minutes back, which, by the way, I hate that because it's like, nobody else is out there is important enough that your 90 minutes mean shit. Sorry <laughs> to break that to you people. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I agree with that first review. I really do. This is probably one of my favorite Full Moon movies. Oh, man. It's hard It's hard for me to say that, only because I love the subspecies films. I love the Puppet Master films. Yeah, I love, uh, God, there's just, so, there's just so much good. The transfer films. In fact, I didn't see the transfer films until, uh, until I got this box set. And uh, I, I basically just, I think it comes with the first three, and I just sat and watched them all. They're freaking badass. I've never seen any of those. Oh, uh, it has Helen Hunt in her first movies. What? Actually, back when I didn't want to punch her in the dick. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> nice. But, I don't know. I the, full moon to me is it's obviously it's an acquired taste. This was a good one. I just there's just so too many to, to choose from in my opinion to say this is the best. Did you? And, and honestly, there's so many that I haven't even seen yet. Oh, oh, I know. There are just a ton. I was reading like I haven't movies. seen any Killjoys yet. I want to check out the Killjoys. Aren't those like where the, it's the guy, the urban clown guy? Hey, I'm trying to keep this PC, man. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. <laughs> that was great, dude. Oh, man. Because as if, uh, at least we didn't like, uh, I mean, we've been sexist, we've been perverted, and at least we're, you know, we didn't get into any taboo subjects. Hey, you know, you know what? I uh, I think the Killjoy movies look pretty good. I would freaking watch those. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Full Moon's got such a huge catalog that, you're always going to find something decent to watch. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Man, did you notice 
I can't remember what scene it was, but there was a the lament configuration from Hellraiser sitting on a shelf. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, it was in uh, one of the scenes where the guy was sitting at a desk or something. It was sitting on the top shelf. Uh huh. And, really? and it wasn't. Cool. It was. A, it wasn't like a like something that looked like it. I'm pretty sure it was an actual puzzle box. Really? Yeah. Well, that would make sense with all the awesome, uh, you know, the the things they kept bringing up, uh, kind of a nod towards the the horror movies that went before it. Oh yeah. The uh, oh, I was reading something really funny about this too. Uh-huh. You know the girl who played Nina, the bitchy sister. Yeah. I was reading that that scene where they're putting where they're smearing the maggots on her face. Oh yeah. That they didn't tell her, but those were real maggots. <laughs> and the reason they did that was because. Like apparently they only had like seven days to shoot this film, uh-huh. and it was real. I mean, the time restrictions were just like I mean crazy. So apparently she got a better job the day before her, uh-huh. so she didn't even show up to the set. And so they're they're like, all right, well when she gets here, we're gonna give her some payback. And so what scared. you're saying is the the character that she played in the movie was not hard for her. It was not a stretch. That's what I'm thinking, man. Hey, you know what? Maggots are the least of her worries because you know they could have they could have made way worse concoctions. Oh yeah, dude. Plus they may they uh, they could have uh, let her make out with that yellow g-string dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't understand why a corpse would be wearing. Usually they're naked, which thank God he wasn't. Well, but, I was gonna say what, you, but what I, you'd like the alternative better. Well, I just don't understand why they kept him in a g-string though. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you why to prevent us from having to look at yellow dick. Hey, he could have been face down. Well, not that I want to see man ass either. <laughs> I was just about to say you'd like it better like that. Weird. You know, I'm falling. I'm I'm falling into a hole right now. <laughs> I I, uh, I just should stop talking about the uh, the dead yellow man. <laughs> anyway, this not really a deep movie. It had you know there was uh, Matthew McGrory, who's uh, God. That guy is like one of the one of the most distinct presences in a movie. You know. He's like, there's only one dude in the world that looks like him. Isn't he dead? Yeah, he died uh, right after Devil's Rejects was made, or during it, actually. Really? That's a bummer. Yeah, and um, I was reading that he was, uh, briefly, he was a nightclub bouncer, and I'm thinking, I wouldn't mess with him at all, man. He would just Hulk smash you. Well, he didn't look like he was, like, strong. He just kind of looked big and, like, freaky looking. I don't uh, know. Maybe, maybe he was like had superhuman strength. I don't know. He's probably like seven foot. Yeah, you don't piss that guy off, man. He'll come aping after you. Well, he might drag me with my tits hanging out through a through a uh, grove of trees. <laughs> man, that looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there's like leaves and dirt everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I would have been scared for things to get in my vagina. Man, that was another thing I learned. Actually, speaking of uh, Rob Zombie, uh-huh. is he was actually uh, this is where he made his acting debut. Was it really? In the end, and, and oh, you're saying it's where Rob Zombie made his acting yeah. debut? Oh yeah. yeah, right. He played the uh, the main baddie in this one. <laughs> it's, it looked just like him. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. But um, man, uh, there were the memory count on this was zero. No yep. titties. <laughs> I, you know, this is one where it really. The opening scene was probably the only scene where they could have fit something like that in it, so it didn't bother me so much. Yeah, but this is the type of movie you make that. You make it happen. Man, I wanted to see Topaz. You and me both. Topaz was nice. She was not ugly. No. And it was cool because, uh, you know, she was a special effects chick. Yeah. She was out there looking for dry condoms to, I assume, fill up full of blood. 
Yeah, make squib packs or something. Yeah, well, and I didn't understand that at the end of the movie when you, when you were talking about the fake flames. Oh yeah. How did they ignite them? It looks like they were. I have no idea. I thought the same thing. Okay, just as long as but, as long as I'm just not I'm like, like dumb. But the thing is, is I tell you what, the the uh, the filmmaker was actually brilliant because what he did is you totally forgot about that plot hole because the flames were so shitty. You're just like, whoa, t- shitty flames, but you don't remember the plot hole. You, you know, <laughs> the whole time I was watching that scene, I'm I'm sitting there. You know, the flames are fake, so you're imagining these actors just kind of <laughs> convulsing around. I did the same thing, and I also did the same thing when uh, Matthew McGrory gets caught up in some wires and stuff, and all this like fake electricity was flying around. I'm like, you know what, a cock gobbler he looks like, tied up, like tangled up in those wires, just kind of convulsing. Cock gobbler. Oh man. Oh, that's funny. Well, you know, 80s movies and full moon movies are the only movies that get a pass on the shitty CG effects with me. I agree. You know, I don't mind that in a movie like this. You know, when I go see The Mummy and you have, or I Am Legend, and you have a cartoon character chasing down the, the main <laughs> protagonist. That is so true, dude. Yeah. I, mean, I hated the CG in that movie, but this one I'm okay with. Oh, it was terrible. It was like, it was like PS1 graphics. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, man, did you uh, did you get a kick in the balls for this one? Uh, I got a kick in the balls for no boobies. <laughs> to the director. <laughs> yeah. Hey, go back to writing House of the Dead, you punk. <laughs> he fit one in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't I mean, need to happen. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. spill something on a shirt. Dang. Well, <laughs> that was the difference between this and House of the Dead. Is this was you know lighthearted and kind of you know funny. Whereas yeah. House of the Dead, you know, they, they went... I think they took that movie seriously. <laughs> Which is sad. Yeah. My kick in the balls goes to Nina. Because she treated everybody in the movie like, uh, just, you know, the scum on her shoe. Oh, the, 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 the sister. sister. right? Maggot yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah, I did not like her. Yeah. She was just obnoxious. And I really like that, that part where Topaz said that she was there for free. So she's not, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. But, so um, you can kiss my ass or whatever. Yep. Did you get any? What did I learn? I learned. I did learn that about the yellow guy, and then I learned not to screw with anything that looks like he could make you a zombie. <laughs> so if you walk up to a big giant corpse-looking thing hooked up to a bunch of wires and electricity, don't touch it. Oh, oh man! And don't mess with a dead body for that long. <laughs> That's true too. I wouldn't like pick one up and hunker him over my shoulder and walk around anyway. <laughs> That's all I got. I already said mine, too. Mine was the man thong and the Rob Zombie thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, six Degrees was really easy for this one. Oh, uh, yeah. It wasn't too bad. What, what did you get? I got Matthew McGrory was in Devil's Rejects with Bill Mosley, who was the dead-eyed captain in Army of Darkness with Bruce. That's the exact same one I got. What? Yep, exactly. Nice. That's, hey, look at that, man. Same page. Um, <laughs> did, did, uh, did you get any who else said that? Uh, I didn't on this one, no. Nope. I have one for this one. I want to be an actor, but I don't want to damn my soul for it. That was Kirk Cameron when he was telling Alan Thicke he was quitting growing pains. <laughs> it's like, I'm done. I'm going to make a, hey, I'm going to make Left Behind Part 7. Because the growing pains is becoming so hedonistic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, DiCaprio was in that. Uh, that's right. He was. Look at him. He sold his soul, and now he's, he's unstoppable. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, well, that was awesome, man. We should definitely get back and do some full moon. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man.
These are, I think I think there are just there's so much stuff that we could do with this with this uh, company. Oh, absolutely. And same with Troma. I mean, you know, anytime we could. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should we should do that. We have a lot of we actually have a lot of shows planned for the upcoming uh, shows. What what are we doing next? The next one is the Mind Fuzz episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we'll be talking about the movies The Signal, Session Nine, and Spiral. Man, I'm glad you take notes because I forgot. <laughs> But I will have them all watched by next ep- by next episode when we record. Well, yeah, Gracie's poppy actually sent me an email about that about you know all our little flubs on the last one about forgetting the six degrees, and he, and he was telling me he's like I didn't even you guys didn't even mention what the next episode was gonna be. It's like hey, easy. I don't think we knew at that point. No, we didn't. <laughs> well, that that's that's uh, pretty indicative of Cadaver Lab most of the time. We don't know what we're doing. We just hey, do it. But we have like the next four planned out, so. Oh, that's right. Well, that's because we actually have to get our crap together because we have more than more than just two dumbasses that need to know what's going on. So, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, I really enjoyed watching all these movies. There's not one of them that I, you know, regretted watching. No, you know the thing is, is it's rare that we watch that I watch all the movies for an episode and enjoy them all this much. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, I really, I mean, I enjoy these a lot more than, uh, you know. Well, I don't want to get stuff like uh, The Devil's Reign and all that. Oh, easy. You know what? I think I need to watch that again because I've heard several people since that show tell me that I, I was a little too hard on it. So maybe I missed something. Well, I I don't really know if you were too hard on it, but I think that if you if you just kind of uh, pull a – watch it how you would watch a full moon. Yeah. Maybe. Watch it Watch it. Uh, knowing that I'm going to get to see Ernest Borgnine as a goat. <laughs> the Borg. <laughs> the Borg. <laughs> I forgot, yeah. The Nuge and the Borg on tour this summer. This summer. <laughs> awesome. Oh, dude. Hey, um, again, thanks for calling in with your voicemails. Uh, the number again for that so uh, uh, we can get your feedback. Um, by the way, did you think it was funny that one guy just said that you're in kind of a... It was a trial. Uh, like a trial a period. Trial period? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got it. Oh, yeah, well, probation. That was a probationary period. Oh, uh huh. Oh, man. Yeah. Now I gotta wash my ass, man. Dude, and by the way, you know what really disappointed me? On when you did your last Kruger Nation, I asked you to show your tits on it, and you didn't do it. You know what, man? I was going to do that, and maybe I'll <laughs> save that for the Silver Fox episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. The voicemail line is 206 339 2730. 206 339 2730. And you got anything else? No, that's all I got, man. All right, so uh, from the Cadaver Lab, we will see ya, bitches. <laughs>